0: intros and all that stuff but I will oh, do yeah. I will do an intro this time because it's
1: episode whatever works for you I'm just just joining the ride
0: all right <laughs> let's do this <laughs> this might be the one that gets us cancelled episode 50 it's been a good one like
1: <laughs> not on my part don't be me
0: yourself today no 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 just
1: be, be
2: you
3: bro be you don't
1: no, worry I, don't say, I don't say things that will, will get me cancelled the only people that I upset are black women and what can they do <laughs> oh, he started already. He started no. already. The thing Absolutely is, the, the energy.
4: Part, I did literally like an hour of yoga because I already knew people were going to stress me out. <laughs> so <could>
2: <laughs>
1: so what, you, you took you took you took some weed before I had like just these guys are going to well, microdose.
4: Drinking my tea and none of you can stress me out. So,
1: I uh, that oh. is a
2: challenge. I'm I'm. I might step up to the challenge and I'm not the least. <laughs> they
0: said it's episode 50. Okay, let's go you, on. You, this is my relaxation day. If you guys
4: don't stress me out, I'm just gonna um, No nah, guys, gonna... let's not do it. Jesus,
0: he he rose today. Let's just let's, let's you know what I'm saying let's let's keep it chill. Um so as you can hear, guys, episode 50. We made it. Um thank you guys for being along for the ride. Um it's Tell Us from Plantation. I'm your host, Harry Tubman. Leading you all to freedom, we also have with us Tunde. It's your
2: boy Tunde, T-F-T-P underscore T-U-N-D-E on Instagram and Twitter.
0: We also have Nezi.
4: Hi, everybody. Nice to meet you all again.
0: <laughs> wow, she really is then. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> true intro she's ever given. <laughs> Crazy. Don't, don't um, try to find also... me.
2: Don't try find me anywhere.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. yeah exactly right right that's yeah she's about <laughs> to say that but we also have with us a very a very special and esteemed guest um i'll let him introduce himself
1: hello thank you for having me i'm stavros uh, also known as stavros Bus of the eloquently saying nothing podcast uh representing hackney brap brap cheers <laughs> yes,
0: sir in london <laughs> in our building father on the
2: 50th episode
0: yeah yes. man, I don't we didn't yes. even really plan it like this, but it's just it's just come to a to a happy uh I wasn't gonna say conclusion, but that's not what I really meant. Anyway, um
1: You begged you begged for long enough and finally you get uh, right <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. We,
0: yeah, we you know what I'm saying, we, we needed some sort of celebrity clout on our fiftieth episode and so that who's that out? then? Who's who's joining us? No, nah, that's you, bro. You, no. like, you started <laughs> the first
1: the first black podcast, podcast in the in the UK or something like that, right? I would I would say that I'm in that realm. Yeah, that um, I don't know of any podcasters like in our field similar t- to what we do. So how how long you been going for now? Uh, since uh, 2010.
0: So. Wow. Yeah, I don't even think uh, this, I really knew. 13 what a podcast, years in October. Wow, I didn't even know a podcast was in 2010. So now kudos to you, bro.
1: That's amazing. When oh, you were still for England back when you started. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're 400 episodes deep so and we took a four-year hiatus as well so 400 jeez yeah. that's a lot we, do, of chat. we just did that we just did that
0: that's impressive man so yeah go check them out eloquently saying nothing esn you can find them um on twitter you can find them across all your podcasting platforms like spotify all of them so yeah check them out um but let's get into it so uh stavs i've got a question to ask you do you do you make 85k or more? <laughs> wow!
3: Personal question. I don't. Actually, away. I'm
0: broke. I'm brassic.
1: I don't. So no, I'm poor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm... <laughs> All right.
0: Well, here's the thing. I was seeing going around. No, no,
1: no, no. I'm not answering that. And everybody else is not answering. <laughs> that's not good that's not no, because
0: I know, I know <laughs> what these. I know what these guys own already, innit So it's not even. I don't.
1: I don't.
0: Yeah. Tunde, let's be real. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you cleared that a long time ago. <laughs> I wouldn't say a long time ago. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> <You clear that? laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think Nezi, I don't know if you want to disclose.
2: How much do I earn
4: mm, yearly? Mm, I think I'm just under eighty-five. Just under. I
0: think
4: um I'll be transparent. I think I'm about eighty three or something.
1: Right. Oh, you're very specific.
4: Wow. Something like that. I can't really I can't really remember. No, I think actually my probation at work ends this month and then once it does I will be over that threshold but before but my pay goes up a bit after my probation. Nice.
0: And you'll wow. be you'll be keeping more of it based on uh, where you are. But um so I will be transparent as well and say that I actually funnily funnily enough I am actually just at that level um <laughs> very randomly. Um, so right, I feel so qualified to speak on this, on, on this topic. To rich, right. Say again. According to Twitter, we are an incredibly rich podcast. You, listen, this, this is a very wealthy, <laughs> a very wealthy podcast. Um, oh, you guys. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, <laughs> so me. here's, here's the thing. Look, I mean, if you guys have seen the, the, I don't know if, for those of you who are not on Twitter and rely on us as your like black Twitter news source and this kind of spilled over into leftist twitter as well because this is what tends to happen with these kind of conversations um but essentially people were talking about i don't even know how it started but i just know that people were talking about whether 85k um makes you rich like are you rich on that level of salary basically and so obviously because twitter can be quite london centric people some people in london were like no other people were like if i got 85k i would be rich like if you if you are I don't know if you're not rich after 85k it just means you're bad with your money um and I, so I feel like really the answer is just somewhere in between and I feel like rich to a certain degree is relative but like if you uh, like if you I think it depends on your situation so I would say if you're a single person even if you are in London and you went eighty eighty five 85k you're at least quite well off even if you're not rich you're well off like you let's just say you're you're renting or you're I don't know, trying to buy a place is a different story because people are like, oh no, you can buy a place. It's not, no, nah, that's not that simple. Like it depends how long you've been earning it for, whatever, but you're well off compared to most people. I would say rich, I'd be like, no, nah, that's a bit of a stretch, but well off. What do you guys think? Is 85K, earning 85K, does that make you rich?
4: I don't feel rich, but I just, I, I think rich is so relative. So I, I I don't know if I could say if I say I'm not rich, I just feel like it's very not tone deaf, but I feel like people who are on someone who's on a salary of twenty K or twenty five K, to them someone at only eighty five K is rich. Like and I think you have to equalize it by saying, Okay, obviously 85 K as a, as a single person or like a couple without or well, both people on 85K as a couple without kids. Because obviously if you were 85K and you were the only brethren of your family and your family consisted of you, your spouse and three kids, then that 85K is not the same as, you know, it's not, it's not the same. But I think if you're talking about, for example, me compared to somebody else in a similar position to me in life who earns 30K... Am I rich to them? Probably. Do I necessarily feel rich? No. But then, t- I, to be honest, I, this is the most I've ever done in my life. Like, I literally just started this job like a, f- a few months ago. So I've literally only been on the salary for like four months. Before that, I've had—I've literally had like almost—I've had like a thirty k increase, a 30 k wow. increase like, in the space just moving I'm just, to this job. So I'm this is. I need you
2: to send some details like. From what I've heard on Twitter, working in your your industry is actually quite easy. So... It's uh, <laughs>
4: yeah. <if you>, exactly. <laughs> just a quick Google, and then, you know, you tell people whatever. So anybody can we
2: donate. We've got chat now, so... Yeah,
4: exactly. So, what you it's in the name. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think, compared <laughs> to... Compared, I'm trying to think, compared to six months ago when I was on maybe like 50K, and then compared to before that when I was on... When I was on 25, when I was on 20, I, I try to remember what, what, I was, what I was living my life like when I was um, literally 23K. So when I first started working, I was on like 22, 23K. And like, it was fine. And when I say it was fine, I was a single person and I was living outside of London, right? So on 23K, I was able to pay my rent. I was able to buy food. And I was able to like do the things I used to do at that time in my life but I was a single person, I had no kids, and I didn't have like mad, mad bills, because I was basically just renting. Um, If I think, if I fast forward to the point in my, like, if I fast forward to now and think about how I live my life, if I was on 23k, that would be extremely difficult. And when I looked up the, I looked up them because when I saw this discourse on Twitter, I was like, is it, is it really that, like, is 85k that much? When I looked up the stats for the UK and, like, what the median salary is and what earning 85k puts you on in terms of what percentage mm. of the population of your salary, I just think, come on, you're in the top 10 or 5, I think you're in the top 5% if you earn 85k. So I just think all this discourse about, like, I'm not rich, is, like, Fine, but it doesn't really matter the the, the semantics of the term rich. The point is, are you significantly well off from the vast majority of people in this country? And are you very comfortable compared to the vast majority of people in this country? Yes. Are you the class of people that are hoarding most of the wealth in this country? No. And I think that's the important question, because most of the money in this country is hoarded by millionaires and multimillionaires who are on way more than people with 85k. So in a way, people on 85k, like arguing with people on 30k are just the, the workers fighting amongst themselves, in my opinion.
0: So I think you make some really good points there. I think sometimes people just don't really think about it logically and all the way through. Like like you said, it's all it's relative to so like to someone who earns twenty five k. Of course, someone at eighty five k is rich. Like of course that makes sense, and they would be thinking this is all the things I could do if I had. Well, it's not sixty extra thousand pounds. It's obviously like a lot less than it's a lot less than that, but it's still a good degree more. And it's all yeah, it's relative, but also it's like. You have to think about things like, so when I think about this cost of living crisis, for instance, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but for me, the way I was like, no, my lifestyle is different is cause it's like, I'm finding it annoying. I'm not finding it worrying or yeah. stressful in that way. Like I'm just like, oh, I hate having to pay for, it, but I couldn't really complain in terms of being like, oh, this is really difficult. Like I'm not having to make difficult or hard choices here, but there are people that really are having to make those kind of decisions. But I feel like, again, what you said, Nezi, in terms of like, it it really is about like the people who are really hoarding the wealth and earning a crazy amount. Like those are the, those are the, I guess, the people that those are the, those are the people that we should, in a sense, be targeting rather than just like people who are, And I don't know, with with 85K, you can, you can lose your job and, and drop back down very, I don't know, very quickly. But what I would say, though, and this is what. I don't know if this is a bad, bad question to ask, but like, I don't know how you guys feel, but do you feel like when you, when you start to step up the salary levels, you start to acclimatize. So even people at any level, so like you get from 20 to 30 and suddenly like, you don't feel like you're richer because you've just like shifted your lifestyle to like to incorporate the extra money you have, or like moving from 30 to 50 or 50 to 60 or 60 to 80. Like you just start to like, you don't feel like you have loads of money left over it just goes to different pots or different things, but you're not like, you don't feel like you've got a vastly different lifestyle. I don't know. Do you guys, do but, you guys feel that at all? I I think that's where it's important to
2: remain, just, just be, continue to be aware. Cause I definitely agree that as you get more income, you're more likely to be able to afford different things. So whether that is holidays, whether that is, cars, whether that is house and accommodation, whether that is the type of food you choose to have, whether that is discipline around spending versus saving, I think it's really important to remain aware of the fact that even if you're getting more money and you're spending more and you feel like, well, actually, my disposable isn't necessarily growing massively, that's a behavioral thing as opposed to a situational thing. Right, because if you chose to, you could live exactly the same way you lived on a starter salary as you do every time you get a promotion. If you decide, right, my salary's changed, but I will continue to live within the same levels of discipline. I will still live to the same standard of living. Right, that is a choice you can make. That you will then see the disposable income increasing. Like you'll be like, oh, actually, because I've not changed it. What affects that ability to see it? is the the changing in behaviours, is the changing in actually I'm not going to, I don't have to limit myself in any particular way as much. So I won't. And that's, I think that's a very different conversation. Um, and I think it's, yeah, for, for me, I, I don't necessarily think it's just as simple as, oh, yeah, well, it's relative, everything's relative, right? Time is relative, money's relative. But what we, I think where the discourse is missing out is because we're treating it as if the distribution is on a regular, normal bell curve. So we say this is the median, so that must mean that there is X percentage above and X percentage below, instead of recognizing just how unequally distributed wealth and income and and just means are in this country. So we know that those who are in the 1% in terms of income hold a much larger amount of wealth than they do. So when we're talking about richness, I think we mean wealth and wealth is not distributed in the same way as salaries are. Yeah, that's a really good
4: point. Because also I looked at the stats for like, so in terms of money, I think the top one percent of this country hold as much money as the bottom fifty percent do.
0: Jeez.
4: Which is a crazy figure, but like the top one percent—that's not people on eighty-five k—but the top one percent of people they hold half the wealth of this country essentially. That's just mad. Can I
0: can I just say something real quick? I don't know the stats. I don't know if you just caught it, but this is how middle class today is. He just referenced normal distribution and bell curve, just in, just like. Yeah, what's, what's wrong I, with that? <laughs> I think I think, you're confu-
2: I think you're confusing middle class with university math degree. Yo,
1: it... <laughs> tell him, tell him, <laughs> bro,
2: bro. I I promise you, there are eighteen year olds who understood what I said, and they didn't have That's to be. True, it's true. Middle it's class.
0: true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Sir. Let me not even say, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I mean, I did uni math too, but. <laughs> <laughs> I said this guy said normal, but what you said no it made it made it made perfect sense i feel I feel like though what I think what's kind of scary, and this is how I think people turn Tory right is because like because to go back to what you were saying today about acclimatizing, people like as you start to move up and you just expand your lifestyle to accommodate the new money you have, you always continue to feel like I deserve this money, I've worked for this money, no one should be taking that away from me right. So like, at what level, I don't know, at what level do you say, you know what? Yeah, I deserve to be taxed more, right? Because like, I don't know how you guys feel. Personally, if I'm really honest with myself, I don't, I feel like, yeah, I don't want to be taxed more because I feel like, yeah, the bil- tax the billionaires, tax Rishi's wife, you know what I'm saying? Do all that and then come back to me last. Come back to me, come to me last. After you've done all that, then come back to me. <laughs> And then it's like cool, <laughs> you can take my money. But i started starting to think, well, as you get up the the income levels, people will always continue to feel like, well, I've earned that money. And like, at what point do you say, well, like what? At what point do we say, nah, you've earned too much. Like give, run some of that back. Like is that two? Is that two hundred k? We're like, nah, nah, nah. I'm sorry. Like you need to be running much, much more of that back. That that's what is what I'm. And when I say two hundred k, obviously. I feel like some people, its it sounds basic, but some people don't understand how the tax bracket system work. Like it they tax you a percentage on everything you earn above a certain amount. So they don't take your whole income to account. It's like anything you earn above 45K, they tax at 40%. But it's not that they take everything that you earn, like 45K and then tax it all 40%. That's not how it works. And then when you get to, I think it's hundred, it 150K that they tax you 45% on everything above that. So, but I'm saying like, what's the point where we say, you know what, now nah, you've earned too much. Because you could imagine that some people would be like, oh, when I get to 200K, well, I earned my way up to 200K. So why shouldn't I keep more of it? Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, I agree with that. First of all, I, I don't think any of us are rich, including myself. I'm not that far off from you guys. A little bit, but I'm not like super, super far off. And none of us are rich if we go by the actual definition of, of rich, even if we put it in in comparison with, with the rest of society. So I understand that. Um, you guys will be in the top five percent at the least. least. Uh, I know I'm in the top maybe eight, seven percent or whatever, but that still doesn't make me rich because comparatively, there's people with tons more than me. So that's one. I think I might be different than you guys in terms of this tax thing because although I'm not a Tory, I do have maybe some Tory elements t- to me. So that thing about two hundred grand before you start getting taxed—the uh, super money—I'm I'm all on that kind of gravy tr- train myself. <laughs> so um, I don't I don't think that's uh, necessarily too high. Because I I don't think eighty five grand I think that's peanuts that's nothing to me that's that's nothing I, yeah. honestly uh, like I, I said probably. I'm 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 not far off and I'm living hand to mouth if I, so and um, like Tony said I guess part of it is upgrading my lifestyle the more I got paid because I was getting paid less doing more with mm. with with what I had mm. but yeah. once I got paid a bit more. And my wife got paid a bit more. And then we bought a big house. And then th- that mortgage payment yeah. has changed my life. Right. That has changed yeah. my life. So people say kids are expensive. And they're like, yeah, no, not really. Mortgage is expensive. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's changed my life. Whereas if we were in the old place where we were before and, and we were not spending too much, I could, I could, I could do what I wanted with my money. I was very comfortable. I, I didn't actually have to think about money unless it came to big things like a car. Mm-hmm. outside of that if it's a holiday it's like where do you want to go babe if it's like, that that was the biggest f- thing that I could think of and even then it was, it was like nothing I wouldn't think of it it was like just where we going and that was it because that's what my wife likes she likes holidays so where we going this time that was the biggest, biggest expense and after the new house it's now well I don't think well there are no holidays not even where, not even a cheap cheap holidays. like we ain't going nowhere for a little while so that's the difference with me and I'm in a decent bracket so I'm, I'm not rich I'm nowhere near rich and I don't believe that you guys are either. Hmm. And you know what, in I, this country. In this country. If I take this money and go to another country, it's a different story.
4: Yeah, I, and
1: I I'm so glad you went there. I'm glad you went
2: there because this last couple of weeks, I've been having more and more conversations about whether or not my destiny is actually supposed to be in Dubai. Ooh. Because
0: <laughs>
2: they are <a> nice. <laughs> Do you know what it is, right? I didn't mind... I didn't mind tax cuz I know we had a conversation about this before. I didn't mind tax when I felt like it was going towards something. Like right. my thing is I I want I understand that taxes are supposed to be for the benefit of um for me. My view is for social security and like initiatives that give people who have come from backgrounds like us the opportunity to achieve the same things that we have. That I am down for. This country does not show any attempt to do any of that. So, right now, we're, we're paying all of these taxes. To stop our the health services aren't there. <laughs> Roads are mash up. Transports mash up. We don't want to pay public sector workers. Um, we are talk, we're focusing on migrant crossings and, and um, Rwanda. We've given billions and billions of pounds to Tory buddies. And at that point, I'm like, well, I'd rather not give it to you to waste.
0: Like... I hear you. Yeah, I, so can we, can we just quickly talk about roads? I don't know if you, it's like this where you guys are, but like the, the roads in Jamaica are looking more and more appealing day by day. <laughs> these men are doing, like, I don't know where my road tax is going, but it's not going on to roads. Like, some of mm-hmm. these roads are crazy. Potholes galore.
3: I feel not like I'm bottles. in like
0: a I feel like I'm in a West Coast video like I'm just bobbing up and down like just on <laughs> hydraulics. I don't know what's <laughs> going I don't know what's going on. And my times are getting live. ruined.
1: Maybe it's where you live. Yeah, maybe. So
0: I, I live in Mil- Milton Keynes. It, the whole place is not bad, but where the I am The whole place is not bad. Milton Keynes. Huh? Wow. <laughs> hey, why is flat? Yo yo yo. Milton Keynes <laughs> is br- good. <laughs> 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 I come I laugh like that. <laughs>
4: Is just because Hackley got
0: gentrified doesn't mean that No 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 Milton Keynes is Milton Keynes is great. It's just that where we are like there's just some roads, just the, the divots are just crazy.
1: Wow. you know, I don't know if once somebody starts off their sentence with Milton Keynes is great. I don't know if I can listen to the rest of the No, no, their no, bro, bro, bro. bro. <laughs> okay, here's the th- wait, wait. Like, like, thing. That's, that's finished for you.
0: No, no no, this guy said he reps ha- here's the thing. You yeah, don't you have twenty isn't your speed limit twenty miles an hour?
1: That is This guy has been a 20 miles. Man's that running is, on the roads a, at 70. You're running at 20. A, that is this a neighboring is smog, barra. This guy's getting
0: passed by bicycles and laughing at me. Oh, my so, so because goodness.
1: you have uh, smog and pure uh, uh, air pollution, you're Wait, laughing at po- us with air with, pollution. With air.
0: This guy's talking about air pollution. Have you heard about London, bro? People <laughs> die from air pollution in London. When I when I do a deep breath in Milton Keynes, it's fine. When I do a deep breath in London, I'm coughing. I'm going, <laughs> what? Because yeah, the air, air
4: pollution? The denser. When I come back to London, the air is noticeably.
0: Bro, do you know why? And do you know why yeah, the weather uh, in uh, London guys, is hotter? It's, it's hotter well. in London than places further south of London because of the air pollution. Bro, if in we're London. not talking
1: about China, you know. Calm down, calm <laughs> down. Man, <laughs> like we're well, like we're China or India. Like, calm <laughs> down. <laughs> we're not talking about Lagos. Go like places. Lagos. And, Wait China. a minute. Whoa, whoa. Oh, oh no! Listen.
0: Stab, no, you, Lagos, to the, 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 you know the, the, you can't say anything about Nigeria in his presence if it's yeah, not but positive. It's,
1: it, but it's the truth. If you go to Lagos and the smog is so bad, if you're if you're by the roads, you will feel it on your chest. Man, think it's All the of, the of a sudden of you'll God. come home <laughs> with asthma.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, they're <laughs> out there thinking <laughs> it's a pillar yeah. of, of by day and night.
4: When <laughs> I was in Bangkok, you just had to wear masks. We had to wear masks like everywhere I had to walk on the road because the, the smog is so bad. And the pollution is so bad you actually can't breathe without a mask.
0: Like, All I'm saying, saying is in Milton Keynes, in five minutes I can walk and see and see cows and sheep.
1: Can't do that in London. You can't like, do that in Hackney. Wow. So we're talking about you're talking about somebody else being middle class. No no no, no, I, mean, no, I, I, no I get, I get to admit walk it, by bro. cows no. and sheep. No no no, no. no, no, no. Here's the no the thing. not not near nignox. <laughs> No, here's the thing, bro. I'll admit, i admit,
0: I'm middle class. I'll say that straight. I grew up middle class. Facts. We're perusing.
2: We're on a we're on our regular Sunday walks, uh, and you know, occasionally, we might pass by. I might pass by. livestock. Is it mine? I'm not sure. <laughs> he said, "I'm not sure."
1: <laughs> Is it on my land?
0: <laughs> no, guys. I'm telling you. It's, 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 it's great but so okay sorry that was that was a that was a mad version yeah but to to, to wrap that the 85k stuff um i feel like the the, the takeout is just it just it, it all depends you can't really say arbitrarily whether it's rich or not it just depends on the amount of dependence and stuff you have but what you can say is relative to someone that has like 25 30k yes you are rich you're rich to them but you just might not be rich to you in your opinion and that's I guess that's that's up to yeah, you and I
4: also just think the focus needs to not be on I, I just I, do you know what I just I just imagine just the actual rich people just watching social Larking. watching the trolls mug, <laughs> <Jacob himself>.
1: <laughs> and I would still disagree I'm not rich in comparison to somebody that earns 30k I think it's what really? um, no I don't of know of course not I'm earning W we're both earning peanuts what, what's that
0: the thing is I hear what I hear what you're saying though well, to be I
4: fair, it's because if someone, if, if honestly, if somebody had told me, um, when I was on fifty k that I was rich, I'd have been like, "Don't be stupid." Like, do you actually know how much is entering my account every month? Like, I'm not rich by any stretch of the imagination. I just think anybody, like, if you can't afford to buy even a small flat, or if you have to save it for like ten years for a deposit on a small flat, you're not rich. You're not rich, yeah. And I'm sorry, on fifty k in London, I'm like. I had been saving up since I started working at 24, and the only reason I was able to buy a house here is because of, because of my husband. To be honest, I would still be saving oh, like I would still be saving up for my deposit. So it's not like it is. I think there's also like hmm, I don't know how to say this without getting cancelled.
0: Say it. It's episode 15. I just <laughs> think some <I'm> black people
4: <laughs> in areas there's a certain there's they're, they're very limited by what they. They're limited in the sense of I know, I see some Black is Twitter. They're limited in the sense of what they know and what they see. So in their mind, this amount of money is like crazy money. But I think that's I think until if they like actually got that money,
0: yeah, they would
4: and they would realize that it's not as crazy money as they feel like it is. Does that make sense? Okay. Like that's only but flip, flip. And I, I like you say that on Twitter, people would just be like, no, 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 you're saying that no. But but honestly, like. I it think it's also easy. worth Nezzy, it's easy. also
2: worth saying though it's also worth saying that it's easier for us to say that because those amounts That's don't easy. feel don't feel unachievable. there are some people right whose access to the types of careers that will see those kind of numbers mean that actually for some people those numbers are actually unattainable there are some people who are never actually going to see that in the industry that they are in so but, i hear I, it i also
0: i also but would also, say so, though I it's a, different...
4: a technical privilege moment in the sense that i am saying this and it's very easy to read what i'm but what i'm saying is that it's not definitely like a poor 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 us on 85 or 70 or whatever but what i'm saying is is like if, we're, if you're thinking about extreme wealth like there are people to look to for extreme wealth the people on 85 pay are not extreme wealth at all. But, I, just, but that's it, why that's it, why i say it's, it's all
0: right re- because that's why it's relative because for instance even just something like you don't have to prepay your electricity or whatever to somebody that's rich
1: <laughs> like- it it doesn't matter what you know what it's, we're dealing with 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 words here and it doesn't matter what you think if you think oh because i you, i have to prepay my my bill and you can pay it for the year you're rich i'm not or you are not or that person is not just because they, they, they just have more money than you so I mean, keep, your, keep your nose out of their business and, and pay your bills. You know? <laughs> 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 it's just that it's just not rich. It's just, it's just that simple. Nobody that's anywhere near me in terms of wages is rich. And I know, I know people that are... Here's now where it might get controversial. I know people that could legitimately like find a million for something. And I still don't see them as rich.
4: Or even living in a million pound house. People think if, oh yeah, if you live in like, a million, million pound house you're rich... Like, if you understand the property market in London, living in a million-pound house does not necessarily mean you're rich. No, like you could just be an old pensioner couple that bought a four-five-bedroom or five bedroom house in, a, in, luckily, in a good area. Thirty years ago, and that house is now worth a million. But in terms of your liquid, in terms of your income, your disposable income, and in terms of like your ability, like you're not rich. Okay, no, if but you it's, sell the house. I'd,
1: I'd be disappointed. Yeah, you, if, you could
0: if, sell, but you could sell the house. because that's your net yeah. worth. Your net worth means at you any know, time start, I could start, sell
1: up and start, then I have a start, milli. <laughs> <you> start, <laughs> and then what, what are you doing with that million?
4: What are you, where are you going to live? So then, if you then downsize to another house, you what we you, do? You bro, buy, uh, buy do you know those people that who
0: can't like you can't afford mad rent? Like you could move up north. You could be paying like what six, seven hundred a month for like even just renting. It means you mean you've got a mid- You've got a million to spend. I'm sorry, but you got peas, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, me, I, me and it, you think different, man.
4: I, I honestly, I, I agree with that in that sense. But I think if you, for example, if you're living in London and you, you owned a million pound house, I, I, again, I think it's like, I think you're right. If you moved, if you were in, I don't know, somewhere like Stoke-on-Trent and you had a Millie, like, yeah, I actually probably do think you're rich because things in Stoke-on-Trent are, are pretty cheap. Like what all they were when I, when I was there. Yeah, but I just don't... I think if you're in a big city, it's, it is very relative. Like, I, just, I wouldn't say i am say you're very well off. I wouldn't say you're rich.
0: Yeah, but I think it's just it's it's the options thing. Is I guess this is I'm just I'm saying to understand where other people are coming from. I think they're talking about options. The fact that you have options, they're just saying there's people yeah, right. to, to them. They have no options. So like they can't set up that there's just nothing. Like they've got yeah, no like, options. They've the money that comes into account. That's it. They're not seeing it anywhere else. Like you're done but I hear you about this difference between well off and rich. And that's where I, like, I wouldn't, I'd never call myself rich, but would I say I'm I'm well off? Sure. Like, yeah. Like there's but certain like, things I forego go on, fair. but I just means it's I don't fair. have the money to get it yet. It doesn't mean I'm not well off still.
4: At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Cause our focus needs to be on those, that 1% in holding wealth it doesn't need to be on any of Honestly, I just don't think it matters. I just feel like, say it doesn't matter. I don't mean that in a, in a way like we shouldn't acknowledge the fact, but I'm saying in terms of what needs to be done in society to redistribute wealth, yeah, don't In look at me first. Meaningful. HMRC,
0: get your we, nose out of my business.
4: We need to be focusing on those people. Like I, I'm not I'm not saying that there isn't a conversation to be had. And I'm not saying that people who are on 85k should be tone deaf and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm struggling. No, you're not struggling. But yeah. I do think there's no point having this conversation, really, if we're not doing anything significant about the people who are holding the majority of the wealth. They are the people who need to we need to be talking about.
0: Well, thinking about um I guess I guess move, moving on from this, um Thinking about the the struggle, um, I know that's. I don't know if you guys saw that Archbishop Tennyson's. Where's Archbishop Tennyson's today? Again, uh, it's a South London school. It's South London. Oh, I can't yeah. remember exactly where it is. It was Oval.
3: Oval. Oval that's that's it. The one. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, Archbishop Tennyson's is uh, closing down. Apparently, um, at the end of the year, I think.
2: Um, I it's been around be since 1685. But
1: that's correct. The end of the year. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, man. Closing at the current end of the current academic year, the decision was taken by the Southwark Diocesan... Wow, that's a word I've never had to read before. Okay. Diocesan Board of Education Multi-Academy Trust, of which the school is a part, in conjunction with the Department for Education. This comes in the context of falling pupil admission numbers over recent years locally, which placed unsustainable
0: financial pressures on the school. So is that... When you say falling pupil numbers, is it, is it state? Is it state or a? It's an. It's a, a part of an academy trust.
2: So oh, okay. the the shift to academies recently has just meant like things like haberdashers and. Uh, I'm trying to think of other. Tr- they're, they're, essentially, what they've done is they've taken over failing schools under an academy right. trust, and they've just become branches of this academy. Um, right, but for some reason, I'm I'm not really sure how this works for archbishop tennyson's which has been around for so long they Mm. aren't able to attract i don't know whether it's attracting pupils or whether it's keeping them right because what tends to happen at these academies is because they need to achieve um certain targets from an Ofsted perspective they are more likely to use expulsion to get rid of the so-called trouble kids um, but schools like archbishop Tennyson's are then
0: the only options that they have so where where do they then go I guess the thing here is about like just the continued pressure on like <clears throat> I guess the like the public sector or I guess just like these professions like teachers and doctors and nurses and and healthcare workers and like people just seem to be leaving all of these professions and I just think where does that where does that put us? Like, I, I feel, I feel like we're kind of watching. It sounds dramatic, but like the crumbling of this country before our eyes. I don't. Know, do you guys feel like that? I don't. That's just. It seems like. I that think any,
1: every every generation feels like that. Think so? Mm. I think every generation feels like that. I think you're you're getting to the age now where countries counted. So dogs. Society. Yeah. I think, <laughs> and maybe every generation's right, but I think come people in their 30s, 40s, got their house, got a decent job got kids married and they start looking at their surroundings and feeling like wasn't it better when i was young didn't things mm. run smoother wasn't wasn't society um better and then we start looking at things are going down the pan and then you actually open the newspaper you actually watch the news and you say hold on these, these are these are there's a lot of negativity going on here you know i'm not going to the cinema and, and raving like i used to i'm actually paying attention to society so um personally i would say you're probably right but maybe on a on a slower, a much slower bell curve. Then then um. We we might look at it. I think personally, things are moving fast for us. But maybe in the big scheme of things, it's not moving that fast. Maybe I'm not, I'm not speaking for everybody else, but
4: mm, I don't know though because I I do agree that every generation has a kind of like oh this country's gone to the dogs moment. But I do think actually like statistically things are worse and i think for, for example from the nhs standpoint that is just it is just worse like the waiting that in terms of the statistically waiting times um recruitment issues like all of that stuff it is actually worse than it's it, been
1: and it, it may be worse but you're more likely to live longer now than any other time in history so which part are we looking at what what, what gauge are we are we looking at which makes us better or worse i have to right, wait that, longer that? for for the doctor than I did. Fifteen years ago, but fifteen years ago, I might have died at ninety, and now I'm I'm looking to die at ninety-two. Which one Which one makes us better or worse? Yeah,
4: and I think yes, yes. In terms of like life expectancy is advanced, advancing just because there's scientific advancements, and so we have better medicine, doctors. The things doctors can do, things that they didn't, they weren't able to do thirty years ago, for example. But if you look at even if you look like at in different areas in terms of the life expectancy, can vary by which area you're in, and that is definitely partly down to also to like poverty and deprivation but also like locally how the NHS trust trust is and that is also connected with like poverty and deprivation as well so in areas where the poverty and deprivation is higher there's more pressure on the local hospital like things don't run as they should do blah, blah blah so yeah I do think there is a but talking about so I guess in England maybe that's the case but I know for definitely in America the life expectancy has gone back especially since COVID the life expectancy has dropped and that's not just to do with like COVID deaths were actually to do with like infrastructure and like some of the collapse of infrastructure due to, you know, just due to staffing pressures. Like a lot of people were burnt out from COVID. People have left the profession because they can't, they don't want to do it anymore. Like it was too much. So I think they are, there are actually like real, there are real problems and real things that are failing in terms of basic systems in this country. And I think when it comes to teaching, a lot of people I know who were, like there's a lot of people who are only teaching for a brief period of time. Like that before my like my parents are teachers. Like people be teachers for like thirty years, forty years. A lot of mm. people are teaching for like two, three, four, five years and then leaving and doing
1: something else. Well, like social med- is- social media is there. You know, I can be an influencer. Why would I be a teacher? <laughs> let, me inf- let me influence the kids in a, in a different way. I don't, yeah. I don't even think it's just, I don't even think
2: it's just that. Like because obviously my wife used to be a teacher, so my my wife's one of the people who uh, left the profession. Because the, the pressures, the expectations, the lack, of, the lack of resource, the lack of support, the, the, the weird villainization as well, or vilification, vilification of teachers and public, public sector employees. I think for me, that's the, the big difference, right? It's, there's so much more use of public sector workers as political tools to be like, yes, when we need to showcase how well we are doing from a COVID response, when we need to showcase um, how important uh, it is to allow teachers to be able to do their jobs instead of w- worrying about inclusion and, and all, all of these other things that are woke and lefty, we will praise them, we'll raise them up. But as soon as it comes to acknowledging the failings uh, in relation to those in, in relation to those industries and to those jobs, it's so quick to like they're entitled, they're asking too much and they're softer like it's so quick to turn them on a dime and it's like f- I don't feel like we're hearing enough about the I think that the huge the, the huge gap between private um employment, and public service employment because if we're thinking about education the the same challenges aren't there from a from a private school perspective we're not hearing of of mass closures of those private schools because they are able to pay those wages they are able to provide that even their their holiday terms are, are different right they're able to provide a completely different working experience and where i think the where i think the conversation is missing a little bit of the nuance is in that difference between private um and and public services and i suppose it goes back to the overall question of whether or not our public services still work um my view is i think they need to be there because like i said i am i'm a beneficiary of someone who went to a, a public school and has been able to get the support and, and I don't know, I, I, I was, I, th- what am I trying to say? I feel like I am where I am today because of some of got public services. Yeah. I, i I made it out of the struggle, but it wasn't like I did it on my own. And so there are going to be other people who are equally, if not more capable than I am who need the, the access to a good level of education, to teachers who aren't burnt out, to healthcare. That means that they're they're not spending their whole time being like, you know what, I could I could have achieved XYZ but actually I had to drop out because the cost of private healthcare meant that it was a choice of going to uni or getting a job that was just paying something so that I could pay for healthcare for a family member and become a carer, right?
4: Yeah, but is anyone talking... This is my unpopular opinion, and again, this is something i cancelled, but I actually think children nowadays are worse than they were 20 years ago. Facts. I mean, that's part of what people believing. I think <laughs> what children are believing. In what way? A lot of them are bad breed. I've watched videos. <laughs> They're disrespectful. The way they speak and act in the classroom... Right. I I've never seen anything in it in all my born days,
3: honestly.
4: They're, okay. they're honestly crazy. And I, I would not be a teacher because I honestly am having nobody's child speak to me the way some of these children speak to the teachers. I just, I wouldn't, I couldn't do it. Like if you talk to me like that, I'm, I'm either, we're either going to get or I'm just leaving. No, so, but, I'm,
2: but flip it, right? So again, let's look at the big picture of it. When we were growing up, youth clubs were a thing. Um, there were more parks open, libraries were open. There were things to do. Like I, I know that in on the estate where we were at the youth, the youth club at the park behind our house, like we had people who were ruder, more violent, like wild children. But in the youth club, they got patterned. Like there was a completely
4: different. Behaving like that at school because my thing is if your
2: class size is bigger, the class is bigger, right? Teachers are now having more and more expectations put on them. You don't have the same amount of time our teachers had to go through and be doing the, All right, this is individual behavioral piece. This is like, the pressures are completely different. And I hear what you're saying. I do think behavioral standards are very different now, but we've, we've stripped away so much funding from the programs, the classrooms, the, the ability for adults in positions of responsibility to manage those behavioral problems.
1: And the beating, so, oh, and, and, <laughs> Bring back beating. <laughs> Listen, I got, I got smacked in school. I'm sorry. I'm you got smacked
0: in school? What do you mean?
1: There's, in primary school, there was an Asian teacher, Mr. Singh. He would give me a slap and then he would tell my dad and my dad would slap me as well. <laughs> so that, I'm old enough for, to, to remember something like that. I, I had chalk thrown at me. You can't, you, you couldn't go and tell a, uh, your parent, oh, sir, nice threw fruit, something fruit, fruit, fruit at me. Because then your, your parent would be like, and why? Why? And then yeah, <laughs> because, the and then you get another slap. So, and there was a. Com- I'm old enough to remember the community where somebody be like, "What are you doing out this time of night?" This, that happened in my estate. Old man would be like, "What are you doing this time of night?" You could never imagine something like that happening in in, in these days. So, I agree with Nezi wholeheartedly that, um, but society change. Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm a contrarian, so I like arguing. I like like filling out discussion. So I kind of agree with all you man. anyway. So I just wanted to, to say something different, but society's changed on both sides, on both yeah. sides. And I think um, the parents and the elders have to take responsibility in not dealing with the youth the way we should. Because um, not being able to say, wait till your dad gets home. Or when somebody says the teacher did this and you're taking the, the, the child's side, when, the, when you know your child is, is doing something wrong, like, um, so, so then for me, discipline is a big, massive thing. And if there's no discipline, then everything kind of falls away on the other side.
3: And this is a-
2: to someone else, right? Like the parents have been, oh, well, the teacher should be doing more. The teacher, like, the parents should be doing more. Like, oh, why isn't the community? doing? Everyone's passing the buck.
3: Yeah. And, uh,
2: yeah, yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of, no, the
4: parents, I'm sorry. Everyone's passing the buck, but let's be fundamentally honest you as a parent your your job is to parent the child the teacher gets paid to be with them how many hours a day it's not my job to parent your child when they come to school my job is to allow them right. to uh, facilitate an environment for i, them I to
1: disagree learn.
4: no 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 when i say when i say parent it's my job to facilitate an environment for them to learn and also to you know it, it, the, the job of the teacher is bigger than just giving them you know stuff like homework or stuff like that but in terms of fundamental behavioral principles. They should be in place before they come to school. If there is a child who is acting up, sometimes there's things going on at home. Sometimes that child has learned difficulties, behavioural issues. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Happens. But there seems to be a lot more of a widespread thing of, like, of parents kind of being like, well, and also a shift in the attitudes in terms of, I, I think it's good that children now feel more enabled to um, challenge a teacher that might be treating them unfairly. Because let's be real, for black children as well, there was a problem in schools where actually teachers could be racist or teachers could be treating you unfairly and you weren't able to challenge it. And so I think there has been a shift in terms of like, children do have the power to challenge that stuff.
1: You can't have it both ways? Pardon? You can't have it both ways.
4: No, no, no. no, I think you can I think there's a balance to be had. I think we've just gone too far in one direction. Like I think it's it's really important that children are able to be like, if someone's a teacher's treating them unfairly, that they can challenge it. But there has to be an appropriate way and appropriate for that to be done. And I think there's such a lack of fundamental respect like that children now have for adults nowadays. Like, even when they come to my work, they will literally tear down my office in front of my eyes and their parents will just sit there and watch them. Like they will just watch their children.
1: I believe you're giving children too much, um, what's the word? Agency. Not agency, let them have their agency. You're giving them too much credit if you allow a child to be able to say x y and z which is don't get me wrong the the idea of it makes sense if somebody's treating you bad if somebody's treating you unfairly you should be able to speak up about it but as an adult or let's say as a responsible person let's let's take out adult because i'm not saying all children are not sensible enough to do what i'm gonna say but as a sensible person you can know the difference between x and y but children usually don't so if you say you should be able to speak back to somebody, you should be able to challenge an adult, whether that adult is a teacher or somebody at the playgroup, or whether it's a, gonna another, take a, or a police it? person. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Fundamentally, the idea is correct, mm. but when more times they're not. They're going to take it out of, out of context. They're going to take it too far. They're going to think, "Well, I got picked on," and um, you know, I'm getting picked on when you really are not. Let me give you an example, and this is me as an adult. So I used to work in a place where um, I used to be late all the time, all the time. Four out of five days a week, I was late. And so I got a reputation of being late. And the type of work it was is, is they'd give you a, a note if you're late. So let's say, and I, it would work, it was shift work. So I'd come in at different times. So let's say I was meant to start at um, quarter to two. And the person walking next to me was meant to start at quarter past two. Sorry, the other way around. Yeah, I'm meant to start quarter past. The person next to me is meant to start quarter two. But we're both walking at two o'clock. So I'm 15 minutes early. They're 15 minutes late. This is now me with the reputation of being late. Stav is always late. The person that's next to me has does not have the reputation. They're cool. Yeah, they come in late once a year, whatever. We both mm-hmm. sign in and go about our business. And they look at the clock and say, oh, Stav, you're early today. I'd walk out and be like, so they didn't even see you're late. And they'd shrug and go about their business. I'd be late the next day or whatever. And they'd be like, here you go. You get in trouble again. You you know, give us your note. And I'm thinking, what happened yesterday? That that person got through. And I remember bringing it up with somebody one time. I didn't want to get anybody in trouble. So, you know, I didn't say it at that time, but it it happened often. Once I started coming in on time, I noticed that it was always me that was getting the note. And then somebody said, listen, you've given yourself, unfortunately, the reputation of being a late person. So when you come in, my first instinct is to look at the clock because you are usually late. You agreed to that so yeah, I'm usually late. So that person that you're talking about or the whoever it may have been, he's not usually late. Would you agree? I'd be like, yeah. So I don't look at the clock when they come in. You've given yourself the reputation of whatever it is. And that's why I look at the clock. You feel like you're being victimized. You feel like we're, 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 we're trying to get you in trouble, but we're not. You put yourself in that predicament. And that's me as an adult. And it put me in my place and it made me realize it's true, you know, once I changed my reputation, then maybe they stop looking at the clock when I come in. Then when I come in late once in the blue moon, they shrug their shoulders and be like, well, that's it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Go about your business. And it's, I'm not expecting children to be able to to, to understand yeah, that. Right. So as much as I would want my child to challenge somebody that's doing something wrong for them, I understand that, that probably, maybe five out of 10 times, what they're thinking is not actually the reality because they're a child. So this is, but then do you not think, and I feel
0: like, to go on that point of people and I might transition just out of the kids thing but I think this is what I, I personally feel like people are getting more I feel like people are getting more soft I'm sorry I'm just I'm just gonna say it. you might cancel me for saying it but I just I feel, into a Tory
4: podcast.
0: I feel like this genera- I feel like this generation just getting way too soft it's just
1: it's so we turn into what podcast a Tory podcast no, I, no. but here's, here's the thing whoa, this is and no, I don't feel like yeah, the whoa. idea of calling somebody soft is a Tory well, idea well, no that no, doesn't no this make this any the thing they've managed to
4: they no no Oh, it's because they managed to make it into a thing where they just people on the left are just so
1: soft. yeah, but here's, here's the yeah. problem
0: they're you soft too, that. but they're just soft about different things, they're soft yeah. about like other, like other random stuff that they just start crying about for no reason. So they're also soft, but I think the snowflake thing is true. It's just that it's just that left and right people are all snowflakes, but just for different reasons. But here's, here's an example. So, Nezi, you posted something the other day about it was a really interesting article. It's on I think it was on Bustle about friendships. And people like using therapy speak to like say all this kind of weird stuff about like, oh, I'm breaking. So they broke up with their friend and they said, "Um, I'm in a place where I'm trying to honor my needs and act in alignment with what feels right within the scope of my life. And I'm afraid our friendship doesn't seem to fit in that framework. I can no longer hold the emotional space you've wanted me to. I think the support you need is beyond the scope of what I can offer. (laughs) It's just like. All of these like ridiculous, like people like breaking up with their, like breaking up with their friends or like calling out their friends for, and just being like, oh, I'm, I'm holding emotional space for myself when they like, I think this person was like changing up their plans all the time. Whenever like they make a plan, this girl would change it like last minute and be like, I'm I'm prioritizing myself and holding emotional space for myself. All this rubbish stuff. But I'm just like, you know what? What's happened? And it happens all the time. Society overcorrects. To say with kids, kids were supposed to be seen and not heard which was wrong, right? So now we've over it so that kids can just do whatever it is that they like and they can challenge anybody. And it's like, well, you know, we have to give them space to develop into the human that we want them to be. So, you know, we can't really... And then with, with like growing adults now and friendships and stuff, it's like, no, it can't be like friendship is a two way street sort of thing. It's like, no, now you just have to prioritize yourself and self care. And so if someone does one little thing that offends you, you have the right to like cry about it for like 10, like forever. And it's just ridiculous. Like, I do think this generation has just gotten, we've overcorrected, like, and I say this to someone who does, does go and has gone to therapy, like, but I'm not out here, like, I don't know, being fragile and everything, little thing is just like some big deal. I, shouldn't get-
4: I don't I just um, I I'm trying to think back on my childhood and I I kind of disagree with you Sam about um like children not being able to know properly because actually I think back to me and Harry Harry you'll remember when we were younger we used to have we used to have family meetings like with my parents I'd be mean, like my parents and Harry we'd have a family meeting especially if something had happened and we had been punished and the family meeting was the place where you could challenge your punishments you could say I've been punished like this is what I've been grounded for two weeks because of this. I don't think this is fair because based on what I did, I don't think it merits this level of punishment. Or I think I'd like to amend the terms of my punishment, and you could challenge it at the family meeting. The you terms get of us. my
2: punishment.
4: You could, you that could, you is you
2: some
1: woke ass new age wow.
4: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: fantastic. Oh, really? I might steal that idea. But but were you usually did you usually win that argument?
4: Not all the time, but sometimes we did. But we but we did learn that we could that there was a level of challenge that we could offer. No, not uh, so if I'm in if in the moment I'm being something's happening and I've been told off for something that I've done like I was usually I was usually able to know when I deserved when I had done something wrong and I also was able to know when i would not actually done anything that wrong I didn't said I never t- I, was, I remember very rarely my, my dad is so my mom is a lot more new school and into this kind of stuff my dad is an old school Jamaican man like he doesn't like he will go along for the ride because my mom made him do it but really he doesn't really believe in that but I really remember one time when my dad, my dad apologized for giving me a spanking because I was like, you spanked me and you spanked me too hard. And I don't think I deserve that. And actually what you did was cross the line. And he apologized. Like, I'm really sorry. You're right across the line. Like uh,
0: Yeah, but, but what, that's, not, that's not normal. But, but do you also, you have to remember, I, I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but I just think some people, and that includes kids, some people are just dicks. And so they they won't know when they've crossed the line or just been. Like, well, and they'll take the advantage.
4: Like that. <laughs> huh? I think the majority of I think there's a there's a minority of children who are just
0: who are. Who just?
4: No, I don't just bad. the reason why children are bad is usually is because of circumstances, and blah, blah blah. But I would think oh, also because of
0: the parents. Pass it they're, down. a
4: the Minority of kids who are extremely extremely troubled, and you won't be able to like. It's going to be very very difficult, and take some very extensive professional help to like. But I think the vast majority of children are actually in the category where if you give them appropriate boundaries and you treat them fairly, they can actually, like, they do kind of know when they've crossed the line and they do kind of also have a sense of when maybe the other person has gone a bit too far. Yeah. And if you give them the appropriate channels to challenge that, they will do it. But I feel like at the moment, it's because the parents aren't doing that at home. But there's, I'm not, well, I'm generalizing, but I feel like when I see the behaviors in schools, I can only imagine that if they're behaving that way in school, then at home they can't be. That, that environment can't be there at home because otherwise they probably wouldn't act out in that, that way at school then they're coming to school and they don't have any concepts of of like authority and when, and they also know that their parents are not going to back up the teachers oh,
2: I'd, I'd, I'd strongly disagree um as a as a pastor's kid I can tell you my behavior in school compared to my behavior at home two very different behaviors. <laughs> yeah,
4: different. Like you were sort of swearing and screaming and fighting at school and then at home you were perfectly like butter wouldn't melt in your mouth.
2: Ma'am? I <laughs> really <laughs> 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 like I no, I I don't I don't think it's as black as white as black and white as that. Um there there are some people who I, you know what? Let me not talk about some people. Let me talk about me. I know that who I was in school and the character I wanted to portray, like I had, I had, I had levels to it. So I knew that there were levels to where I could push it. But That's not because I was afraid of my parents finding out. I used, I learned how to forge my, my dad's signature when I was young. So- oh. <laughs>
4: Yeah, same. I, I did yeah,
2: that. The detention. Wow. I, had, yeah. I had lunchtime detentions, Saturday detentions the only thing i couldn't get out of was my was my suspension when they called my parents into the school what, suspended was, from school yeah we spoke about this. i got i got suspended for oh. cyber. yeah thought what
4: did you get suspended
2: for it was they called it cyberbullying but really all it was i wasn't the bully my best
0: friend was the bully i just refused to be a snitch yeah
4: okay so, somebody else Look out! That, those
0: ones. The more I learn about Tunde, uh, Tunde as, well, as a <laughs> younger person, I, just,
1: I uh, I'm just disgusted. <laughs> you right, know, just to, to circle back slightly, and take away from Tunde's bad weedism, <laughs> um, I disagree with 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 Nezi a, a bit. I think uh, most children would not be immature enough to do what what you were discussing. I feel sometimes it's a bit disingenuous to to take. Uh, so i'll talk on your behalf you might not say but let's say you you were an exceptional child i don't know what you're when you're having these uh, meetings but um as uh henry said it's it's not that's not the norm so to be sitting down having meetings with your parents about you know i believe that this uh, punishment was was wrong and this was a bit too far and i agree with this and can we change that that's um an advanced child even if it's the parents that coached out of you You've still now doing advanced things most children are not being able to do that most p- children do not have the capacity to do that even if you sat them down and put them in that position so it's not it's not fair to judge everybody based on an exceptional child so let's call you exceptional big you up make your head swell and say that the rest are not i'm not it, all right? <laughs> I, don't,
4: I don't know if i'm not saying it needs to be necessary to that extent but i just think the concept of that children can self-regulate to an extent and and if you see like there's a whole movement on to, or not to, on, on instagram like i've seen about gentle parenting and like kind of i don't know I, I can't i mean i'm not that well versed in it but like gentle parenting is about you know like parenting your children in a way that's gentle and not not like not resorting things like spanking them etc etc but i think part of it is that the, a child can like you're teaching the child to like regulate themselves and whatever and i think if children are given the right environment like i think it might not be to that extent that i've been able to but i do think I'm just remembering when I was back in school, like the vast majority of times in school, there were a couple of kids who were like really off the rails. But I mean, again, my context was slightly different. I went to like quite a small private girls school. But most of the time, when we got, when we got, when I got behaviour detention, like I would moan and whine, but deep down, I usually knew when I'd done something that probably merited the behaviour detention. And I just went to my detention and I, like I took my detention and it was what it was. And I just didn't, and I, and I was a bit naughty at school. Like, didn't I? I was maybe probably a bit more naughty at school than I was at home. I got a behaviour detention probably once or twice a year for something silly. Um Outrageous. But I never...
2: I live for one a year. Outrageous.
1: Once or twice? <laughs> ah, Miscreet.
4: I never, but I never, like, I, 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 and none of my classmates really, I remember there was one fight in school and it was legendary because it didn't really happen. Like, the vast majority <laughs> of times in school, we didn't, we weren't acting like that, so that was out of that was out of character for people to be getting into that in
1: your Definitely. private school.
4: Yeah, like you so. Were then in, again,
1: this is it, not this is not a slice of of real life.
4: Yeah, but I think the I think the point is that private kids who go to private school are not exceptional children in the sense that I don't think they're any different. The reason the reason they're in that sister that that place is because their parents have money, right? But obviously, yeah. the school cultivated environment. And there'd obviously been something from, and maybe also the concept of your parents are paying it. So there's, there's some kind of culture that's been created around why you don't behave in a certain way. Exactly. And I feel like that can be cultivated in any school with the right tools and, and with parents doing the right thing. So part of the reason why we didn't act a certain way at school is also because our parents are paying how many thousands of pounds a term. If I come home and tell them that I've wasted all this like. But, but,
1: but that, is, that is the point. You, you can't take the two away from each other. The reasons that people excel in those settings is because it's not just because the school itself has different discipline, different structure, smaller classes. It's also because the people that have sent them there, forget the money. Because some people, oh, we've got the money, it's not a problem. It's the, it's the mindset. Some people got the money and mm-hmm. they've got no intention of sending their child to that kind of school because it's like, why? Send them to whatever. There, there's a mindset of somebody that has decided I'm going to send my child to a private school or to a grammar school. And that mindset is, is, is carries over into the, into the school before even the school then reinforces it. So again, I think you're taking your, your slice of life as an exceptional person. And I'm saying exceptional, not because I'm saying you're better, just different, less, less different. And you're using that for the, for the whole. And it, you, so I don't think you can use your personal anecdotes for nothing because they don't, they don't no, count really. for nothing. They only count for, for Tory voters, really, mm-hmm. if you were to go down that road. Which which no, I don't, I don't even, think you are one of. Are the
4: state schools where they have okay. For, take take me out with the question. Let's talk at something like Brampton Manor. How did they manage to cultivate that environment?
1: Do you know how people how hard people fight to get their their children into that school? Mm. Okay, that's
4: also. True. So, then, so 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 if, if,
1: if I lived in that area, I'd be one of the people fighting two and nail, doing all sorts to to do that. And then there's extra um, lessons that. So for instance. I don't know whether it's SATs or whatever, People private tutoring. So for instance, I may, may, may not be able to t- send my child to a private school. But if I lived anywhere in that catchment area, i say, you know what? Um, for you to get in, you have to get um, a certain grade with the, this entry exam. So I'm going to give you extra. I can afford to pay for a tutor or I can afford to pay for um, Saturday lessons. That's what I can do. And then I send you there, you get in, blah, blah, blah. Again, the mindset of the parent is that education is key. Education is important. Education is going to bring my child to a next level. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force that upon them. They're not going to have that choice. With education, usually for me comes some sort of discipline. They usually go hand in hand, so you cannot separate the two. But I just
4: think the vast majority—the vast majority um, of—I think the vast majority of parents do want their children to get decent education and are invested on some level in their in their kids' education. I just, I just think there's an abdication of responsibility, or. Maybe a misunderstanding. I wouldn't say application A misunderstanding of what the behaviour is needed to facilitate that education in a school setting for some for for a, for a certain group of people. And the reason I say certain group of people is because I don't think if we went to any given school that maybe like the vast majority of the class are badly behaved, but there's obviously like a a minority of kids who are behaving in a certain way that disruptive it for the rest of the kids in the class. And I think for for a lot of teachers, part of the reason why they're leaving. Is because that minority of children <laughs> is able to make your working day so um, unbearable, like, intolerable that you don't want to do that career long term. Like even speaking to people I know who've left teaching, they're just like, it's just. It classroom control is just it was too much of an issue like it was just you weren't teaching because they're doing too much classroom control
1: because we don't beat the kids anymore i'm telling you beat the kids and things would change we don't beat the kids anymore I, be, I truly 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 believe that children should fear their parents children should so you fear honestly, your teacher you believe in beating sorry you honestly believe in beating kids at school well i'm not talking about school i'm talking about at home you should okay. you should be i should be scared of what's going to happen at school because of what's going to happen at home but yeah, you should be scared of your teacher to some extent as well, just just isolated. If, if ch- people say uh oh, children shouldn't, be, shouldn't fear their parents or children sh- shouldn't fear adults or whatever, I think that's ridiculous. They should respect them, they should respect them. Like even uh, you guys are religious. God said, you know, I'm the Lord your God. He said, he didn't say respect me. He didn't say respect me, yeah? He said, fear me, There's, a, there's <laughs> fear and respect go, they overlap. So the line is just, there is no line. Between fear and, and, and respect, sometimes. And is it a line? Sometimes. No,
0: no, no. Sometimes. In a sometimes, relationship, how do you mean? I want my wife to respect
1: me. I don't want her to fear me. What the heck? Okay, then. All right, then fine. You want her to respect you. So you respect your wife. Yeah, and you say, I'm, I'm you know what? scared of I'm her. Not gonna, I'm not going to go out past a certain time with my boys. But then also, you know that when you are past that certain time, wow, I'm scared of what my sister is going to say when I get home. Yeah, it's not I respect her. It's, oh, I'm scared of, of the, the airballing I'm going to get. They overlap. No one's going to tell me any different. You, usually, today are you yeah. scared of
0: getting a bollocking from your wife?
1: Yes. Listen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, no, I, I, actually, I actually, I hear what you're saying. So I'm... Ah, it, I'm, it's on hard, bench. Right? I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I'm not on the fence. I'm not on the fence. <laughs> I absolutely agree with what Stav's saying about there being overlap. Because I think part of the reason why I knew to limit just how wild I went apart from the suspension at school was because there were consequences at home. And I think even with, even if we're talking about gentle parenting, there should still be some understanding and to, to a certain degree, a a fear of consequence of behavior and an understanding of that consequence, because I think that's the bit that's missing for me, right? Because if, If we take it to the extreme and we're like, oh, yeah, I don't want my child to be afraid of me, so therefore I remove any of the severity of the consequence. Like, children are going to be children. They will try things. They'll see what the outcome is, and they'll learn from the outcome. If the outcome is continually, well, actually, it's minor, it's not that big a deal, and I can keep pushing it, and it's not getting any worse, it's not getting any more difficult, I'm still getting away with it. Then yeah, they're not gonna learn from things. Like with Ewa, I don't really smack him, but it, I'm very clear when he if he's throwing a tantrum and it's something that I'm like, actually, no, I will sit down I will make him sit down with me and he doesn't like it. Like he will cry, think, and I'll I'll sit with him until he's calmed down and I'll go, Look, I said no, you're still not gonna get it, but this is absolutely not the way you do it.
1: And how old is and, he again?
2: Uh, 18 months. Okay. Yeah. And,
1: and, uh, from... Yeah, go on. For me, if my children are not scared of me, they're either perfect children or I'm doing it wrong. They should be, they should be scared of me.
4: Can if... I ask a question? This is a sidebar. Do, do children, this... Do children in Nigeria have tantrums?
1: Children Can I, I'll give have you... I'll, I'll, I'll give you another dog. My My, my, um, 13 month old is, is not having tantrums but he's, when he doesn't get his way he's screaming for like all of 10 seconds and that's I'm even looking at him now like wait beating's gonna start soon you know you're just 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 <laughs> on the wrong side of the beatings but it's gonna come soon I t- I've, obviously now it's half time I've taken my, I'm, I've am i been trying to be a proactive parent with my daughter I've taken her out basically every day this week apart from today where I've started work again and yesterday we went to um one of her friends Easter parties and the parents are talking oh when our child does this and I'm, all I'm looking at like, like all of them all of them they were just talking about oh when 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 and they look at me and all I can say because for me sometimes it sounds like I'm I'm being like um, snobbish or I'm talking down to them but all I'm looking at is my child would never do that I don't understand I don't the discussion you people are having I do not understand my child would never do what you just said your child would do but- because I, w- I would beat my child there's there's no way she would do that like if if she f- falls on the floor in the shop and she screams i'd be like she would never do that i said i can't even imagine my child doing that you people are, are just mad because my yes, child will get beat
4: i don't because okay i have this this is a sidebar i don't this is again an a cultural video. i and that's not to shade you um Chindo, because he was having tantrums but Generally, I just generally don't believe in the whole throw-on-the-floor kind of screaming thing. I don't believe in tantrums that tantrums are a normal part of Man
0: said I don't believe in them.
4: said <laughs> I don't believe in them. I don't believe <laughs> So how many how many children
0: have you parented just No wait,
4: listen to me. Listen <laughs> to me. I don't believe that they are um that they have to be a part of you because we didn't have I mean Harry, me and you didn't have tantrums. mom told told me that. There she said you go. I tried to have one when I was like two or three. Or something like that because I I saw a child in the store. (laughs) I tried to start it and mom just gave me like the look of death and apparently I just didn't I just didn't complete it and then that was it and never never happened again.
0: I want to be very clear and and so so that proves it. Well, I guess that ended it. Our personal anecdote proves that just doesn't happen. And all of you all of you parents out there that have your kids have tantrums, you suck. No,
4: I'm not. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. When I went to uni, they told me that every that the tantrum is a normal part of being a toddler. Like every toddler has to go through that tantrum, like phase in order to. It's part of their like normal development, and it has to happen. And so I was like, but hold on, I didn't. Like, maybe that's the wide way, way I am. I didn't go through that development phase. Like I literally did not have tantrum. You do realize that, but, but I, 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 I already explained to you, you, you,
2: you that do. some. I think I just, you would have, and it's early, early. This is why early behavioral management is important. Like there are some things that you set those boundaries about. It's about how you set them. That's different, right? Different parents mm-hmm. will do it differently, but it's about setting those boundaries early. An hour tantrum. When I'm yeah. talking about an error tantrum, it'll be a like one. He's not very good at them. He will start, but he doesn't commit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I it'll, don't it'll believe be a, you, bro. Like, <laughs> No, he'll be there like, uh, and then like gently put himself. Like he doesn't want to hurt himself, so he'll shout and then he'll gently throw himself onto the floor. But then he'll get distracted <laughs> by, by whatever's now. on the TV. Like he's like, I'm not going to hurt myself. Like I've got to be sensible with this. <laughs> and, if, and if you, if you don't res- like, if I don't respond to it, eventually, like I'm, I'm not talking more than like five minutes, he will realize. Okay, this isn't having the impact that I thought was going to have. Let me try it a different way. And I'm okay with that. The ones where I'm like, all right, let me sit down. Let me sit down with you is when it's like, okay, now you're clearly not understanding the boundary and you're pushing it. Let me reset that for you. And after that, there's very few times where I've had to be like, all right, this is very simple. I've told you about. (sighs) No, the the few times I've had to do it. So I've had to go,
1: look, this is where we're at. And it works for us. My my skin would itch if my child was doing that. Cool. i feel
4: like like a bit as well. I just feel like in african and caribbean countries i'm trying to remember the times i've been to jamaica i don't think in the times i've been to jamaica that i've seen a child throw a tantrum on the floor in, in the supermarket
1: different different oh. ways ways of raising children obviously is going to be is going to breed different results so i think it's more of a western thing to have a child rolling on the floor throwing a tantrum but i yeah. i do believe tantrums are a normal thing but like tony said is how you how you deal with it early on is how it's going to progress. If you allow your child to, to do whatever they want, then, event, then they're going to continue doing whatever they want. If you parrot it, some people might smack a child. Some people might leave the child until they wear out and then have the talk. And some people do all these different things in between, for instance. So for me, as a youngish kind of child, if they're throwing a tantrum, they will always get punished anyways. Always. Always. Yeah. You can never throw a tantrum and not get punished. So you... you what, and you'll never get what you want as well. So I could... Maybe I'm going to give you the ice cream and you throw a tantrum. Then I'll tell you, you are not getting the ice cream only because of the tantrum you threw. I would have given it to you otherwise if you're old enough to understand that or anything that like that.
4: really interesting because I feel like people are parent... There's lots of different ways to parent and people come out... And lots of people who are parented in different ways still come out as relatively well-adjusted adults. Do you see what I mean? Mm. So like, clearly, in c- culturally, like, tantrums are not as much of a thing in... Not as much of a thing, but maybe not as accepted in non-Western cultures, but I, I wouldn't unequiv- unequivocally say that non-Western...
1: Yeah, don't say non-Western.
4: ...behaved. So I just, think it's in- I just think it's interesting that, like, when I hear these conversations about parenting, I find it quite, con- not confusing, but as somebody who doesn't have children, even though I have very clear ideas in my head about the behaviour that I do not like from children that I see, when it comes to, like, how exactly you cultivate, like, what behaviour you do want in your child or how you want your child to go out to be, like, a well-adjusted, like, nice human... It just seems that like there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different theories and a lot of different ways that people do
1: it. Yeah, because there are there are different ways. There's no one way to parent a child. And on mm-hmm. top of that, maybe seventy five percent is skill and twenty five percent is luck. Yeah. So where you where you live. So I grew up in Hackney. I've got this story all the time. I say that if you look at my picture of my eleventh birthday party, and all the kids that were there. All of them, something happened to them. And I'm looking at myself, as like, some of that had just had to be luck. Some of that just had to be luck, because this one is in jail for that. This one has done this. This one is on crack. This one's committed suicide. This one, it's like, it's just, it had to just be luck, because the, the environment I was in was toxic. Mm. My parents just kept me mm. under lock and key inside the house. So maybe that was part of the luck. It's just like, I'm not going to let you out to do anything wrong. So, But then that comes with its own... Negatives as well, whereas everybody was a bit more street savvy. If I ever got caught up in some sort of um, hustle and bustle that, let's say, wasn't my fault and just, just happened by chance, whereas the rest of them might know I need to do this, this, and this because I've kind of like been through this kind of thing before on a smaller scale, I wouldn't do anything. I would have I just frozen. And then mm-hmm. that, that luck that my dad would have thought he had by not letting me go out and mix with these bad breeds would then we'll maybe lead out. to me getting shanked and, and being in the hospital and, and being paralyzed because he didn't allow me to learn any street skills at all so you get me that luck is just there part of it and then obviously there's just different things and then different children as well my older brother was different than my younger brother there's different than me you had to tell my sister things that you didn't have to tell me and vice versa so each child you have to uh, parent differently and each society you have to do it you know so yeah there are going to be different ways and if and when you have your own child you'll realize that oh it's what i thought i might want it i've wanted to do it's not applicable to this my oldest child is super soft so I don't have to just smack her. I can just talk to her and she'll, oh, sorry, daddy. For her, she has this thing where it's like, I've heard a lot of people say this and I, I can't relate, but she gets um, upset if she feels that she's disappointed, disappointed daddy. Yeah. I'm, mm. I've never felt that. All I cared about was don't smack me. If you didn't smack me, I was I was cool. If you told me to go to, to my room and go to bed, that was, that was a punishment to me. That was, I didn't get smacked. That's all I cared about. Whereas with her, if I sit there and I lecture her for 10 minutes, you're I'm so
4: sorry, daddy.
1: And she'll be crying all night. Aww. Yeah,
4: I was, I, was I, I fear I my mum's disappointment a lot more than her punishment. So there you go. I, so... I genuinely did not, like, I could not, just dis- like, disappointing my mum was, like, the worst thing ever in life for me.
1: And Henry, was that the same for
0: you? I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, I just feel like I wasn't even, neither of us were even that bad, I guess. Did I feel, mm. dis- like, disappointment? No, I just didn't want my stuff taken away. I'll be real. Like, don't, I didn't want my PS2 or my music taken away. That was really my thing. Okay. You like, go. the disappointment See? wasn't, like... Because it just depend what you were in, disappointed in me for. Like, if I didn't feel like it was that deep. But that's why, going back to Nezi, what you were saying about, like... I don't know. Like, what our like, parenting and stuff was like... I think part of the reason we're so outspoken now and ready to challenge authority when we think it's necessary and maybe say things that other people might not feel as comfortable to say is because we were we were kind of taught from early like even my parents can like our parents can be wrong so from for me being able to challenge my parents it's like you can anyone could be wrong if I think my parents are wrong why couldn't you be wrong like so but we also had that knowledge like you know we'd never push the boundaries or really take it too far with and we just weren't like that's what I'm saying I think some kids just can be some kids just gonna be dicks man like, i just feel like that's just how it is and you gotta parent them or train them differently um but speaking about kids um on that subject i don't know if you guys saw the naked education show um on channel four that people seem to be um, in uproar about so for those of you who don't know so it's a spin-off from the show called naked attraction so if you know naked attraction it's basically just a show where you would just see the person's naked body. So it was like a dating show, but you'd see the person's naked body first before you got to know them or whatever. Um, but there's now this show called Naked Education, which um, is basically like eventually these, like just general adults of different shapes and sizes will get naked in front of kids. I can't remember the exact age of the kids. <gasps>
1: um,
0: I want to say like maybe...
4: 14 to 16. 14 to
0: 16, right? And so people are very... Like they're thinking, like it sounds, it's like really unwholesome. It's really unethical, that kind of stuff. I'll be real, personally, I feel like because kids are watching porn from
1: a very young age, I don't think it's that deep. So you should encourage them. Are you being serious? 14, 14 year fourteen-year-olds and then naked people in front of, for what reason? But then,
0: but there's naked people already. So, so I,
1: I think
2: I think what you missed, what you missed, Harry, was that the the purpose of it is to actually show these kids what real bodies look like. What real bodies look like. The 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 purpose is supposed to be similar to sex education in school, but as opposed to just being about this is how reproduction happens, I think the purpose is to directly tackle body image issues and the the impact that social media is having on expectations of what um, normal bodies should look like. So instead of everyone seeing the same thin waist big hips breast bum or six pack foot all of this all of this to actually go all of these different types of that? bodies are real they're normal these are all different healthy bodies um because i think some of the clips i saw it was like people who had had mastectomies who had had surgery and it not i i think that's the purpose of it it's not supposed to be Social media does its usual thing and everything is super scandalous. I don't think it's... I don't think it's naked attraction for kids.
1: I get, I get it. It's, I would I would need to see it. Yeah. In, I, theory I, it makes, I'm, in theory, it makes sense. But in practice, it's just like... Yeah, no, a, I
4: just... Oh, I'm sorry. I just think this is unnecessary. Like, I just don't... Like, I don't... I, I think... Um, like, theoretically, it sounds like... Oh, yeah, but realistically like i I just think realistically is the if the is the aim of if the aim of the show is to show people that kids that like you know people's bodies are normal blah blah blah. we were talking we were talking about children being mature and blah blah blah. do you honestly think so first of all this is happening this is 14 16 year olds on the show which is fine but in terms of the people who are going to watch watch this do you think a bunch of 11 12 year olds are going to watch this and come away with this deep revelation that actually like all bodies are normal. So Can, like counter bodies. question
2: Do you think 11 and 12 year olds are watching Channel 4?
4: Well, but I mean, which makes it even worse because then who's actually watching it?
1: If they know naked people on it, then yes, they're watching Channel no, 4. No, yes, yeah. what are you not talking no, about?
0: You think 11, 12 year olds would rather watch Channel 4 than just go to their phone and search Pornhub? No, they wouldn't. And, no, and I
4: just I just think who's watching this? I think who's? I this is my honest opinion. I just feel like some weirdos who weirdo pedos are going to get off on watching children see, watch adults' bodies. That's what I honestly think is going to happen. Like, obviously that's going to happen. We know that's going to happen. There are a bunch of weirdo pedos out there who are going to get off on the idea there's a bunch of 14-year-olds looking at naked adults' bodies. That's for one. Mm. I think the target audience of the people who actually need to have this information about bodies being natural and normal, I don't actually think, I think, yes, they might have the initial excitement of like seeing this new show that everyone's talking about, But at the end of the day, as Harry said, like they're they're probably just going to watch porn. Like I just don't think. I just think the whole idea about this is educational. I just think it's a red. I just think this is. I just think Channel Four is doing this to have a controversial show that gains headlines, and they should just say that. I think all this, you know, bunkum about them trying to educate teenagers about normal bodies is a load of crap. Personally. Okay,
2: so I'd counter question again: How would you do it? Because. I think that what they're trying to address is a very serious and a very very real issue. And I think we're seeing it in just the prominence of surgery and filters and all of those body adjustments and enhancements that we're seeing in our generation now. And the the availability of content whether it's from a, like Stav, you guys spoke about the Andrew Tates and the um Kevin Samuels and the the fact that their content is out there. How just, would how would you address it?
4: I think we need. I think from a literal from a government level, I think we need a lot better regulation of things like this. Government's industry. not
2: going to do it. Let's stay realistic. This government isn't going to yeah, do I, it. I
4: I understand they're not going to. They're probably this government probably not going to do it. But in terms of the change that we need, the opposition is also
2: not going to do it. How would what's we do it? What's Isn't wrong with the porn industry? So there is um, a very there's a uh, there's a very uh, simple. Uh, it's not simple. There's a a, a a a ideal body type that is shown in um, porn, um, and you're either the normal or you're in the extreme categories right so it's either bbws or like those ex- if you're not normal you're in a special category i think yeah. it's that
1: you cannot, it's you about cannot regulate showing... if 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 that's what you're talking about you cannot no no so it's not porn. it's not that's about it's not about
2: regulating porn it's about for children who are accessing this porn more
1: easily no, and, oh no, sorry, sorry. I understand what you're saying. Um, no, it's oh, when you said yeah. regulate porn. I, I get what you're saying that, you know, I children mean, to I mean, see realistic
4: I don't mean, I mean in terms of, like, first of all, I just think porn, porn in, porn in its essence is, is often exploitative. So there's things like sex, tra- sex trafficking, rape, all that kind of stuff that goes into it. But I just think in terms of regulating access to online porn, I just think there needs to be better control of that. So, like, mm-hmm. people okay. are going to, like, I think the age that children are accessing porn is really like younger and younger, like children are having their first exposure to porn when they're like nine to 11, like it's unacceptable. Like, There needs to be better regulation around that. And I, but I think you're not gonna change the fact that when people watch porn, they, they wanna see what is a conventionally attractive body. That's All right. so that's, 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 just, that's just society, it's the same with like the modeling industry or anything. Like people as humans are attracted to attractive people, right? People that we see as conventionally attractive. That's not gonna change. Like, I don't think at any point in history that's gonna change, right? But I just think in terms of counteracting that, <laughs> being like, oh, we're just gonna have a show on Channel 4 where 46 year olds watch random bodies of like people who are overweight and people who have like an odd testicle or someone who's got a saggy boob is gonna do any is gonna do anything. I just think it's of crap. I just think channel four has got a controversial TV show, which is gonna pull in ratings and which it will do. And that's it. I think all this kind of like pious stuff about how it's gonna like. We're challenging perceptions. I just think it's a load of rubbish. Just have your controversial TV show and do it, but don't have all these high-fruiting ideas about how it's going to change anything, because it's not.
0: What would you What would you do, though? Like, as in...
4: We wouldn't have a TV show in the first place, to be honest. But as I said, all the things about regulation in the porn industry, things to do with access to TikTok and Instagram, like, there needs to be... Um, I, I don't think you should be able to just... In terms of um, how these social media companies allow people to just open the account, there needs to just be you more... Of, like again even with parents like again that's, like i think parents often don't know what their kids are doing on their phones not because people are bad parents but because kids have ways of getting around things nowadays and we just need to be more like conscientious and more um i guess vigilant and aggressive about how kids access these kind of things on social media and access the internet that's the solution that's the only solution really yeah but i just I think, I think that's not real i
0: think that's not realistic but a show like this they can show to kids in schools right like Mm. so i i don't know i just i just didn't yeah, think it was as i just didn't think it was as deep as everybody was weird. making out personally weird. say again
4: i just i also think it's just weird and i and also, i generally do think the idea of like 14 year olds seeing um an actual naked adult body in front of them i just think it's a bit
1: it's what do porn is
0: This is what, bro, I'm trying to understand. These lot have seen so many naked bodies, but seeing one in front of them is suddenly the worst thing that can happen. I don't even think 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 that
2: they're in front of them. From the clips I've seen, they're not standing in front of them. There's recordings and they're watching the video. I I, I think from a a safeguarding perspective, I can't see anyone at Channel 4 getting away with that. Like safeguarding at a very basic level, like you just wouldn't put that in because the stress and the effort of having to get CRB checks for all of the, all of the adults to be in the room and then get that's long. That's a nightmare. Getting them in a separate room, recording it, showing them the videos of these adults. It's a much healthier way to see naked bodies. And it's not like the, uh, no, I so strongly disagree with you because this isn't even a, like there's, there's, there's no it's so different from porn right because in porn you're watching them you're watching actors adult actors present these weird scenarios and porn itself is getting weirder and weirder the content of it right these kids are seeing it it. no, No. no and but what i'm saying is in this what you're doing is you're removing the sexual elements of it. So you're not showing them these adults having sex. You're showing them their bodies. It is it's basic anatomy that you're showing them. This is this is a biology lesson with yeah, but it's a live video that's
4: been recorded for other people to watch. That's my main problem with it is that they're putting it on TV. I don't have a problem in sex education at school of children in sex, sex education being shown images of a body or whatever. To show them anatomy and to show them genitals and what normal genitals look like. And that and that's my... limited,
2: but that then gets limited by the school. If the school then decides not to show it to you, there are whole groups of kids whose only access to what normal bodies look like, what normal relationships with your bodies should look like, are dependent on whether or not your school has the facilities, whether it has yeah, the time, whether it prioritizes basically. it. Putting it on a putting it on Channel Four, and again, the difference between it being on Channel Four or Netflix is that it's a regulated slot. You know parents can control whether or not their kids want to watch, uh, get to watch it. Like there is so much, all the regulation that you're asking for from a porn industry perspective, that is what Ofcom and TV regulators do. So what you're doing is you're providing a resource that's accessible by choice that then children are not restricted, right? By access to the particular... Um, their schools, the resources, the time, right? Parents can then have a choice of, actually, I don't want my children watching this, and they can do as much as they can to regulate it in their houses, right? You'd have less control if it was just in school. It
4: makes more sense for it to be part of sex education. Like, the whole point of, sex education is supposed to be for everybody, so actually the solution isn't to put this on TV, where parents so is a, is it for example, a very conservative religious family. Are they going to let their child watch this show at Eight o'clock in the evening on the family TV. Of course not.
2: Are they going so to let actually, them watch it in school?
4: No, but if it's part of the mandatory sex education lesson, it's actually more likely that they'll be that they'll, they'll be able to do it than for them to you've do. you've not, at paid 100%.
2: attention to the number of protests that came about when schools were proposing changes I to their curriculum.
4: I also know from myself and have been in part of PSHE lessons, lessons at school. My parents are very conservative and religious. I attended all my PSHE lessons. Like, there is definitely a comfort in the teacher being the person or whatever doing it, and it just being part of the regular school curriculum than it being on TV at a specified time. Do you think a majority of, like, for example, a conservative Muslim family is going to let their Muslim daughter watch this naked show? So the people who actually, like, a lot of the kids who actually need to see this might not actually get to see it for the mere fact that it's on TV. And also the, the aspect of watching other children react to it makes it seem more kind of like... Um, not as serious and kind of like salacious in a way that's actually probably going to put those people off letting their kids watch it. So actually, just a normal video of normal anatomy as part of a a sex health education lesson in school, and that being rolled out in the curriculum to all kids, is actually a lot more of a sensible way for children to have that conversation in the presence of a teacher than a TV show, which they might not even get to watch, in which they're watching other children react to adult human bodies. And also, as I said, I feel like the whole concept of the fact that there are weirdo people who are going to enjoy watching children watch adult bodies makes this show weird. Like, cause we're not just filming the bodies, we're filming children's reaction to the bodies and there are going to be people who get off on that. Like, that is weird. So I don't basically, what you're, So
0: basically what you're saying is because pedophiles exist, we shouldn't do this.
4: No, I'm not saying just because pedophiles exist. I'm just saying like the, 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 the reasons that I've been given for this show been amazing for kids don't run with me if we really wanted this show to be if we really want this concept to be a thing it would better be done done in the school lesson I feel like it's a better environment for that to happen and I feel like it's also an environment that's going to reach more kids also I just think <laughs> like I just as you said if children are already watching porn are they really likely to continually watch this show they won't watch the first one or two episodes I think a lot of the yeah, people who are going to watch are going to be adults. <laughs> And the fact that most of the kids, people watching this are adults is weird to me. Like, why are a bunch of adults watching kids reactions to naked adult bodies? I think that's incredibly strange. Well,
0: like, I it's just thought, No, oh, okay.
4: It's weird. No, I'm but sorry. it's not, I, it's not about, it's about, not about, about that, that though, is it? It's about, no, it's, it's about, weird. what? Oh God, anyway. Why, have, I just, okay, a grown, you're saying the concept of a 65 year old man sitting down to watch a 14 year old girl's reaction to a naked pe- penis isn't weird. It, i'm sorry it's fundamentally
2: odd
0: no but would, that's would just because call? no but that's only because you're yeah but okay if i put everything in completely like blunt terms then yes it sounds weird but if you if you completely reframe no but if you reframe it as what it's actually supposed to be as them actually like trying to norm because this is the thing okay. if, these kids, if, this, anyway. if these kids had never this seen naked me. body if before a man
4: sitting in on a th- group of 13 year old sex education lesson is that weird
0: Okay.
2: Like, same, same same question. Is it is it weird if a sixty five year old man spends his whole day just watching CBeebies? Like, if you want to put a weird spin well, on anything, yes. just put it in a weird. Exactly. Weird, but it. It is because you just put you make that scenario weird. Define any weird scenario, and then you go, is. "Is that weird?" It is. Yes.
4: It's also it's also kind of weird, but like sixty
2: five year old man watches it. it. But this but, is my okay. point. It's, it's not, it's, it's, yeah, he's not like, the target um,
0: audience, so that's not what you've designed right. it for. So but that's like, not, it's not, not even to say that you can't even talk about that. Why are we talking about that?
4: No, but this, that's a complete I think that's a completely different scenario. it could just be cartoons or whatever. We're talking about basically watching children have a sex education lesson. So I'm saying is, if it okay, is, okay,
2: is, is it weird, is it weird, is it weird if a fourteen to sixteen year old watches this show?
4: Um, I think it's less, I don't, I think it's less weird, but I just okay. think it's a better context. Let's, like, let's, let's play let's this game.
2: It. Let's play this game where we pretend that this show has been designed for 14 to 16 year olds to watch well, it.
4: Let's, let's also play this game where we pretend that the vast majority of adults are not, uh, of viewers are gonna be 14 to 16 year old children. Do we honestly think that? Yeah, we think That's the not their problem
0: people though, people bro. People like why children. should channel, like, it's not about that. Just because channel four have a, a wide viewership, like that's not their problem.
4: They put this show on in the like literally eight o'clock at night. They haven't put it on in the afternoon, like in the ki- in the kids part of whatever. TV. Yes, they put it on at prime time.
0: What a television. kids part, bro. I'm so
4: sorry, this is not a show that. It-
0: Do you what think you ta- if also, what yeah. are you talking about? Do You think there's fourteen year <laughs> old kids that are, w- are sitting down to watch like shows at five think- p.m. No, Day 8, bro. This ain't I the know, 1950s.
4: We're just, just going to agree to disagree on this, but I fundamentally think it's strange. That Channel Four have done this, like I just, you I think, think it's strange, strange, but you
0: can't actually say it's bad. You just think it's strange, and people are going on like. Basically, my know. argument is that people are saying that this is like, oh, this is just pedo behavior, blah 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 blah. All this I'm not not. I'm like, like, I, no, I it, and
4: what I have said, I've said it's not the same as pornography. I've been very clear on that. It's not the same as pornography, and it's also
0: not I pedo think. behavior.
4: I have said that I, I've said there are going to be pedophiles watching. Fine, we can't we can't fight sure. that. But I've said I don't see the need. I don't think this show is going to achieve what they've said it's going to achieve. And I think they specifically just done this for ratings. So they've just done this for ratings and it's fine. You, you, don't,
1: you don't think uh, children being exposed to real bodies with with um, and all their different shapes and sizes and whatnot, you don't think that's helpful for um, old teenagers?
4: No, I've just, said, I've just said it's great. And I think it should be done in the context of a sexual education lesson. I just think this is a show where you are filming children's reactions to naked bodies and you put it on primetime TV. I think if you filmed a sex, if you filmed a sex education lesson with thirteen-year-olds talking about sex, and you put that on the and and, and adults chose to watch that, I kind of think that's a bit weird. Like, I just think it's a bit weird. Fine, like I just I'm I've never disagreed that children need to see normal bodies. I think it's good for children to see normal bodies. So amazing. the only weird that it's a TV show.
0: It's none of the none of the actual things that happen in it are bad.
4: I think filming children.
0: No, yeah, no I mean, but you. know
4: bodies no, is weird. No, but I you. I just explained,
0: so. Right, but you said nothing in the show is actually bad. It's just having it as a show is bad.
4: Yeah, I'm okay, saying filming. Fine. Okay, I mean, that's I mean, fine. That, but that is the show. The show isn't the naked body. The show is the show is the reactions to um of the children. Whole so the whole thing about reactions,
0: like what? what is
1: like? <laughs> I I understand both sides of.
0: What's going on? Like these kids are like. I don't know, like, they're literally just seeing it. Like, this
2: is about the conversation they
1: have afterwards.
2: Like, oh, what like. What do
0: you I, think
1: I, it I, is? I think what Nezi's saying is, because she, uh, allow me to mansplain, she's saying that if, if you did it in the classroom, that she would have less of an issue with it. But the voyeurism part of it, which I, I, I would hope you guys can't dismiss actually exists because it's a TV programme and people will watch it. And uh, let's say people from 14 upwards might watch it. I guess Nezi is saying that once that age reaches a certain point, whether it's, I don't know, 25 or 26 or 27, then all of a sudden that turns into a seedy type of voyeurism that she's not comfortable with, and it doesn't need to be on TV because that part could be eradicated. So if it, wasn't, if it was in the classroom, less of an issue because you have one uh, teacher or one uh, sex educator and they're teaching their class, and then all of that seediness, all of that voyeurism goes out the window. And just the act of having, whether it's, uh, even if it is just on video, a teacher showing a video of this is what normal bodies look like and the children saying uh teacher blah 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 whatever and then they can have that discussion about so, it so
0: what you're Let's saying go. is that they could have done this and then just sent the show to schools it shouldn't be a show I think Nezzy's saying but it's a video right it's a video it's just a video they should have sent to schools right it's content that they should film for schools like Nezzy if they did just did that film the content send it to schools is that fine
1: I think she's upset I'm mansplained
4: oh,
1: okay no sorry I had to go to the loo. wow so wow. I did all that mansplaining you can't tell me she had mansplaining and I said I'm out I'm out
4: <laughs> no, no 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 no. I actually sorry I heard the first bit of what you said but I didn't catch the last bit of what you said
1: I had to just said just think, the, LeBron, the LeBron meme
2: be. the glasses were on bag was up she's out <laughs>
1: I said, I, I think you might be. Well, it's not even a thing because you you said it many times that you, if it was a classroom, you'd be cool with it. You don't like the voyeurism aspect of adults watching children do this. So I said, I think you'd be, if you just take it to the classroom, and that's that. And then- yeah, and I'm I'm fine with that.
4: I just think I don't understand why we're defending this weird voyeurism. I think it's odd. What? And I, I just did, did, did we- oh my god.
3: Okay. Let's I just don't,
4: yeah because if you guys are acting like the show is. I, I don't know. Like it's important. Like the voyeurism aspect of it is somehow good. And I just don't think it is.
0: But what do you mean the voice?
1: Oh, my God. Uh, I what, think... What voice Somebody could say, you know what, we need to implement this in schools. This is a good idea. Just like you said, Henry, let's let's take this idea, film it, and put it in schools. It doesn't have to be Channel 4 that does it. But the, I'm going to side with Nazi in this bit. The fact it's on Channel 4, I don't think the people... The 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 people at the top of the ladder there, or the people that came up with this idea, said, "Let's do sex education for our 14 to 18 year old demographic, or 14 to 21. Let's show them what real bodies look like because you know there's all this body dysmorphia and whatnot. So let's do this for right. their benefit. I believe in my heart that this is going to get some ratings, or this is going to get us some clout, or this is going to get us whatever it's going to get us. I don't think it was it was um I, ulterior, basically. I, I mean, so because I, of that, whatever
0: you guys are saying, so, so that's that minute no, I hear what you guys are saying, but I feel like I feel like that's a very big thing to put on like maybe someone higher up the chain, maybe, but the people that made the show in the first I don't know. Anyway, my thing is my thing wasn't even like trying to defend it as if this is like the best thing ever. I just don't think it's as crazy as everyone's making out. Fair I think much. there's a lot I think there's a much worse things that people have no like have no issue with. Like this is just not that deep to me. But anyway, moving on. The last thing I want to discuss, um, talking about if we're going to talk about weirdness, um, there's some I don't know if you guys saw uh, Marcus Houston and his uh, his uh, interest in relationship, let's say, with someone who how I think she's like, what, 20 years? 22. Younger than him? So she is 19 years younger than him. She's 19. and they, And they got married when she was 19. Right.
1: Yeah, I think she's more than nineteen. Did did I not get it right that she was nineteen? No, she's she's twenty two now. Twenty two now.
2: No, no, no. So uh, he's forty one now.
0: She's twenty two. Okay.
4: Come on, guys! Quick maths. Yeah,
0: um, so. I just yeah, wanted to say a quick minutes. commiserations to Stav here, obviously, um, for obvious reasons. But we'll move on. Um, we didn't yeah. lose. We didn't lose. You didn't <laughs> lose. It's, it's It's very true. Um. But yes, the, uh, the age gap was very strange. But Tunde, you can maybe talk more about this because you know more about the subject than me. Um, wasn't it that he did a video that basically said it was something to do with God or whatever. And I'm I'm t- I'm personally tired of people bringing God into all of their things. It's like that Christian pastor that those pastors that he didn't, say- didn't
1: say that by the way.
0: And um, I, I would just I would just like to I'll, I'll play the video so uh, just
2: to give the context. I don't see.
3: Me and my wife's situation is a little different. You know, how we, were, how we met, you know, through mutual friends and everything like that. You know, I, when I met my wife, she was 17. So, you know, we had no really conversation and no really connection until, you know, she was of age and, you know, it's... People don't understand it. And I got a lot of, of course, I got a lot of backlash for marrying someone that was 19. And, you know, when we did finally start to talk, I was like, this woman is like me. And she was, just like, when I would talk to her, she just, for one, we had a spiritual connection, and I feel like that's the most important thing. We both love God. We both love Jehovah, and that was key. And being able to start being around her and talking to her and talking to, like, we got it, we 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 connected through music and, you know, uh, her spirit, her kindness, her heart.
1: Um,
2: but essentially... He, he was talking about the backlash right because as you can imagine it has not been uh, met favorably lots of questions asked about what he was doing as a 38 year old um speaking well even talking to a 19 year old to get to the point where you can uh, get married in the first place um and in it one of his defenses was that you know you know when I finally did start talking to her I I was shocked because I was like she's just like me and <laughs> she you know it's like like obviously like we, we, we got we got a lot of spirituality inside she loves God and that was that was one of the things I saw about her that I was like yeah this is the woman for me and Twitter well my Twitter timeline was full of people going why is it that whenever you're trying to find an excuse for behavior that's a little bit wayward and um, particularly when it comes to age gaps and differences and and uh, it's not really irresponsible what's the word inappropriate relationships um with between responsible adults and teenagers I could still say, not not legal children, but, you know, child in terms of maturity. Why is it that they always seem to find that angle of, ah, oh, no, you know, God told me to do it, or, yeah, it's, we're not connected by our ages, we don't think about our age, but it's our, our love of God that brings us together. And I, for one, personally, I'm with them, because, I, no, I... Don't know what you... We've said this a lot of times. I don't know what you talk about. I'm sorry. As we, all, we, we talk about how weird it is if you're in your 20s and you're talking with someone, or late 20s, and you're talking with someone who's just finishing uni or just starting uni, let alone being 38 and marrying a 19-year-old, someone who's only just barely out of school, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There was a lot. There was a lot of excuses Can that he gave.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, you keep getting the ages wrong for one, but you know, don't worry about that. I'm so, giving
2: the ages. There's this right there. Okay. She was, um, she was
1: nineteen when they got married. Nineteen when they got married. Yeah. So, she, uh, so he wasn't thirty eight though. If um, he's I mean, forty one, he's, he's not thirty eight now. He's not No, around. he's 40, he's
2: forty-one now. She's twenty two now. If he married her when she was nineteen, taking away three, that makes him thirty-eight. No? And he met her well Whether they've talking since she was seventeen at least. Oh, so at that least. that I didn't make any assumptions of. I don't know any about that. I just said that. Well, he yeah, well,
1: didn't, didn't just meet her and marry her straight. So they've been talk, they've, they've known each other for a long time actually. I think I think I think maybe he's even known her from before she was seventeen. But that's something that is like some old news that maybe I've I've read or seen a long time ago. But this thing about um compatibility or being able to relate with somebody that's a lot younger than you or older I, I feel that um as much as I don't feel I could do it it's it's not that it's impossible. There are mit- immature men and mature women and their age is actually in line. She could be nineteen year old with the with the mental you know frame of somebody in their mid to late twenties. And he could be in his in his early forties with with the mind frame that goes in the same way. I think we we probably all know forty year olds that you're looking at them and it's like really, really this is this is how old you are. Like you you don't act your age. And then we all know younger people who is like, well, you're you're really mature. You know from how you I talk to you, I would expect you to be a lot older. So those two people can can meet up. Usually, I wouldn't see how they would actually overlap. I think uh-huh. in most cases where you have these age things, I think it's the lack of of um, of everything, like there's, there's, there is no personality there. Usually they they're going on. It could be finances on one side, and lust on the other. So I think they they're going beyond personality, and it's, I like you because you're fit, and you can and and you're eye candy, and you like me because I have money and I can provide for you in the way that you want and show it on social media, and we are happy with that for now until we divorce in four years time when we actually realize we have nothing in common so I don't see these kind of relationships lasting a long time I see that they're they're there for what they're there for in the beginning and then five six years down the line they break up I, I don't disagree with you that that is in my view I think that's
2: also the likely real reason my issue is again coming back to the like stand in it if if you're if you're really ten toes in the you know what the reality is she was fine i was rich boom it worked i wouldn't agree with it i wouldn't do it personally but for them cool stand in it but don't try to don't try to bring some level of higher spirituality and and morality that isn't there when it is a simple
1: who said said it's not there who are you to judge it's not there Yuck. Who am I?
2: I am yeah. a member of the Twitter community. Okay, <laughs> I, 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 am I, I st-
1: <laughs> It's if if you insert the the clip there, he says he he gave a list of things that they found or that he found attractive about this woman, and having the same faith was one of them. So for one, I, I don't see the the statement in and of itself. I think was was a misdemeanor. I don't think it was it was correct that oh, the minute somebody does some shady stuff, well, I, yes, I do believe this is some shady stuff that they put it on God because they didn't they listed a couple of things that they like and that happened to be one of them on top of that me not being religious i look at religious people and be like shouldn't that be one of the things that you you identify with somebody if you are with somebody and and you are both of the same faith and you start listing things shouldn't that be one most people i know are are follow some sort of faith It's, it's it's disingenuous for you to say oh when people i agree with their relationship it's fine for them to say our faith was aligned and that's why one of the reasons we're together but if i disagree with the relationship how dare you bring faith into it doesn't make any sense to me it cancels each other out it's either you 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 believe that what they're saying is true or you don't believe what they're saying is true and then that's a whole separate argument it's like i don't believe you faith had nothing to do with it you were there because it was young yash that's why you were there or you were there because it was money (laughs) but then say that say that with your chest because there's nothing wrong with the person saying that that faith is part of the reason why we're together unless it's not the truth
2: yeah and I I I wholeheartedly don't believe that that's the truth. I believe it's a more it's a more socially acceptable answer than I was a 38-year-old who saw a 19-year-old who I've known for since before she was an adult and I've been thinking that she'd be, she's been fine for a, for a long while but now she's legal so I can officially marry her. And people can't really they can't they can't stop us from doing it, but that's not gonna stop them from judging it. And so to put myself to make myself feel better or put myself in a better light, I will use this as a as justification. And I think there's lots of things like the there's lots of things that I disagree with that then use faith as an excuse to try to make it morally more acceptable or socially more acceptable. So similar to Conservative politicians using religion as an excuse for discriminatory policies and practices, same as um, some, of the, some of the attempts to limit or, or set gender roles and gender norms and restrict what is what is possible based on gender because it's not biblical, same thing, I'd have the same energy for it. I think people know that it's socially more acceptable to say, the reason why we did it was because, oh, there was a spirit leading, or there was, um, it, yeah, it just felt like God was bringing us together. Far easier to say than I was a thirty-year, thirty-something-year-old, who was, essentially,
0: creeping on a teenager.
1: Okay, all right. So you're judging
0: massively, absolutely. I'm judging. Yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of creepy. Sorry
1: the relationship is creepy but the statement that they're together because or one of the reasons that they're together is faith which i think might be the case actually because my understanding of his of his religious domination is that it's quite um a bespoke one or it's 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 a bit more of it's not one of the the biggest ones so maybe and if she follows that faith as well which i think was the case before they hooked up sorry i thought
4: is he jehovah's
1: witness i I believe that's what he said in the video yeah Yeah, So yeah, I, I don't know how big or small it is, but for me, is 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 one of the more niche um sects of Christianity, I would say, unless I'm wrong. I'm I'm not I'm not uh, I'm well versed on this, but um from because I I know uh somebody that follows that path, and I know that they can't be with somebody that's not that doesn't follow that same path. So maybe that is part of it. Whether you like it or you don't like it, if they weren't of that same denomination, you might have tried to do a thing, but maybe you wouldn't have married them. So when he says well, that we got married because of that, or that's one of the reasons we got married, maybe it's actually factually right.
4: Well, I think it's neither here or there, because I could have faith in common with a sixteen year old boy, but I still shouldn't be with them. Like there might be it might be that our faith gives us a lot of things more things to talk about than I, than it would with a sixteen year old who's not of my faith. But it still doesn't mean that Broadly, we're compatible. It just means that, like, for example, if you meet, if you have a niche topic that you're interested in, you meet somebody else who's also interested in that niche topic, mm. then you can have a conversation about that niche topic, like You can have a lot of conversation about that niche topic, right? That doesn't mean that you that you're broadly compatible with the person, do you know? What I mean? or, or that you should be with that person. And to be honest, compatibility doesn't have anything to do with it because personality-wise, Marcus Houston and his wife could actually be really compatible. And they could have a lot of stuff to talk about faith-wise. So I think Sam was right in that, in that point. They could. But I think regardless of, of whether they do have compatibility on a personal level or they do have stuff in common with their faith, you just fundamentally should not be talking as a 38-year-old man to an 18-year-old. Like, I think it is wrong. I think it is creepy. I think it is morally indefensible. <laughs> and it is gross to me. In the current social context that we're in, because I think, like, definitely there's been times and periods in history where, I don't know, I just think things are slightly different. But I think in the social context...
1: Even now, I was going to bring up the argument. Different countries.
4: Yeah. In the social social context that they're in, I just do not think that that is okay. It's not illegal, but it's it gives me a very big ick. And I will will stand ten ten, ten toes down on that. Like, it might not be illegal. It might not be... Um, a universal law to every single human that's ever existed in time but in this particular context and for the vast majority of men in western countries in our social context a 38 year old man dating or marrying or whatever an 18 year old woman is a creep
1: I would say then that's learned behaviour it's learned you if, if you were brought up in a different community in a different country you wouldn't even have an issue with it today not a not hundred years ago it's learned behaviour And so, and then in this country, if it happened 100, 200 years ago, again, you'd have no issue with it. So it's just learned, so your ick is learnt, it's a learnt ick.
4: It's a good ick that we've learnt, as in like, I feel like the reason we didn't have that before is because we didn't see, first of all, the, the rights of women, the station of women in society, everything was very different. Is this is an ick that we have, have a good ick that we have developed. There's certain icks that women have developed over time that I'm very grateful for. Like the feminist movement have given us icks to things that we should have icks for that we didn't have icks before. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I will celebrate forever. The ick of older men who are predatory going after women who are younger. Also, your frontal lobe doesn't even fully develop till you're 25. So like uh, even even now the the woman is still not fully developed in her and in, in her mind to for me to for, to believe that she like a hundred percent was going into that decision being able to... I feel, I
1: feel, I've, i'd be wary of saying a 19 year old has no autonomy over the choices she makes because once if you no, do no, it, if you do it on that side you have to do it on the other side as well and... no
4: no when i saying autonomy i'm not saying no autonomy that's a different thing there's a different thing having no autonomy and having um and not and your frontal lobe not being fully assessed to make to understand certain risk. So even in terms of driving, the reason why people you have lower insurance when you're older is because there's certain risk-taking behaviours that happen when you're younger that you don't take when you're they are less likely to take when you're older. That doesn't mean that you're not you can't be held accountable for your for your actions. So we still have juvenile prisons because kids who are, who are 12 or 13 who do a crime they can still know that it's wrong. But the reason why it's slightly different to adult prisons is because there is an understanding that there is still uh, like a, a difference in the your in there's, there's still a difference between a child and an adult but it doesn't mean they can't be held culpable for their actions so like i'm not saying that sh- she wasn't able to make the decision at all but i'm just saying in terms of her being in terms of her decision making process being similar to someone who's um older like in their late 20s i think it's very different yeah I feel, but, I but like you can more. use
1: the argument in perpetuity i remember my, uh, one of my mama's one time, she was in her 80s talking to my mum in her 60s and she said, oh, what do you know? And then I realized that that, that, that okay. goes on forever. There's always like you are 20 years younger than me or you're, you, don't, you don't actually know what I know. And it wasn't until I was older and I, I looked back on my own life. I couldn't look back on anyone else's life. And I thought, oh, when I was another like, at twenty, I didn't know what I knew when I was twenty uh, thirty. what you're saying. But then now as a forty starting year old, I didn't know what I knew when I was thirty. I, and I thought at thirty, oh, I'm fully grown, I know what I'm talking about. No, no, I didn't know. And I'm yeah, sure when I go back into my fifties, I'm, I'm gonna look 25. back at forty. So I'm talking
4: about twenty five. that's what I mean. When I'm I'm talking about I'm not talking about how ev- as every year as you get older you learn more things and go. I'm talking about the difference between someone under the age of 25 and over the age of 25. So, anywhere over the age of 25, I just mean scientifically, your frontal lobe is not fully developed until you're 25. So, I just feel like there is that. I'm not saying that 25 is a hard and fast line, but I'm just saying your well, early 20s. You
1: well,
4: I'm saying that, no, I'm saying there is quite, there's, there is a, there is broadly like quite a difference between your early 20s and your late 20s in terms of how you're able to think. And I think when men who are in their late 30s go after women who are in their early 20s, they're very early twenties. There's a there is a predatory aspect of it because there is a knowledge that those people at that age, even though they are adults and they can make decisions and they do have to be held accountable for their decisions, there is an immaturity there that we all know as we no, get into
1: our. We health. don't all know. We don't all know. What I've noticed with you, um, nezzy is that you speak from a place of privilege. <laughs> you 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 speak like everyone knows what you know. There are there are 35 I, year olds that do not really register that this 22 year old is not on the same level as, as him mentally.
4: I, I just disagree. I think the vast majority of 35-year-old men know that an 18-year-old girl is not the same as them. I, I, I just honestly I said that. 22.
1: Like, you went down to 18.
4: Tw- okay, 22. Even 22. I think the majority of 35-year-old men know that a 22-year-old woman is not thinking similarly Maybe to Maybe you're
1: giving 35-year-old men too much credit.
4: Nah, I'll give him the credit this time. Okay. i um, i think the vast majority of i don't know well sunday and, and harry tell me what you think i think the vast majority of 35 year women when they look at a 22 year old woman they know that that is not the same as going as talking to a 35 year old woman no
1: no that's not what i said
4: yeah but i'm saying but why is it different a, the difference is because they know that that 22 year old woman can is the the probability of her being able to be shaped and molded is not the same as a 35 year old woman it's just not
2: I, I think i think it is a slightly different argument that you just made in that last sentence right I, on the point of whether, on the point of whether the majority of thirty-five-year-old men know the fact about frontal lobe development.
4: No, they don't know that fact, but they know it not not as in they know the fact scientifically, but they have a they have an understanding that that, that they're they're not able to tell you quote it quote for everything. Oh yeah, twenty-five-year-old frontal lobe focus. They have an understanding though that an, that a twenty-two-year-old woman is fundamentally different to a thirty-five-year-old woman in terms of. Her thinking process in terms of in terms of how she's in a relationship, they know that she's twenty two, she's young, she probably hasn't had as many relationships. Like they know that there's a it's a completely different ball game. They know that even if they can't articulate it, from a scientific standpoint, but from that is those, not what
1: I said. Because I, I wouldn't argue, I would argue with that. But that's not what I said.
4: So what were you saying?
1: I'm saying that you could um, uh, some men in their thirties could look at a woman in her young twenties and not see her as too immature for me to be with her.
4: No, but yeah, clearly they don't think she's too mature, they don't think she's too mature, but they do know that she is, that she's, um, that her level of maturity is not the same as them. Yeah, they but, might but not that's my point, you can't use
1: poor, that as an argument, you can only use the argument that she's not mature enough, you can't use that they're not as mature as somebody that's older, because that goes on forever, doesn't, it? so that's not an argument that I would accept.
4: Well, when I say mature enough, obviously they don't think, they don't think that she's not mature enough, otherwise they wouldn't date her, as in, they don't think it's morally wrong, but they know that she's immature. And, the, and I think part of the reason they date them is because they know they're immature. And to me, that is morally wrong. They don't see that as morally wrong because they're just like, well, she's an adult. But I think they know that she's more immature than them. And that is part of the reason why they go after women who are younger. In fact, even if you go on the internet, and you like I've literally seen men like literally say like the reason why they go after younger women is because younger women are fresh. They're not jaded. They're not bitter. They don't have all this experience in relationships. The but type of men
1: that say that, see, how mature yeah, right. are those men? But
0: what I would say is I've, you've got to see it i see what both of you are saying but i think you're just you're just coming at different angles i think there stav has points and nezzy has points but ultimately the age gap thing is always going to be a bit techie and so it's hard to make absolute moral judgments about all of it however in this situation and in situations like paul Walk and all those man these guys are creepy because why you... What do you have in common with a 19-year-old when you're, like, nearly 40? I don't know. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It's
4: more absolute. It's just creepy. Yeah, I can't it's, so, yeah it's not
0: moral, like, absolute. It's just, it's, just like, it's, it's just... I
4: think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. It's,
0: it's creepy. I, I give creepy. I mean, I, wrong is... It's difficult to make that kind of moral judgment. I, like, personally, for me, I wouldn't do it. I would look at my boys very funny if they... Well, we would just have to have that conversation. But anyway... It's been great, but we must dash. But this has been Tales from the Plantation, Volume 50. I've been your host, Harry Tubman. We've had with us TFTP Tunde. We've had Stavros Boss. We've had TFTP Nezzy. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, everywhere you get good podcasts. Go listen to Eloquently Say Nothing as well. Shout out everybody on that podcast. um, Big up the podfather. And yeah, we'll catch you guys soon. Thank you laters thanks man bye thanks. slack for life